Welcome to the Interesting Podcast, episode number 117. This episode is with the incredibly talented Brian Sipe. He is a makeup artist who's been working in the industry for a very long time on a lot of my personal favorite movies. We talked about uh, him being from the Pacific Northwest, how taking a class in New York before moving to L.A. kind of taught him the basics before hitting the ground running. And he talks about when he first got to L.A., he and a bunch of his friends would practice in all of their free time in a garage and just kind of honing their skills and learning the craft and then breaking into the industry. He talks about the importance of being honest. Uh, it's very, very great advice he gives in this. We talk about a bunch of different things that he did early on in his career, from making Power Ranger helmets to dummies to metal arm pieces to a ton of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think someone who wants to be a makeup artist would be doing. We talked about his work on White Chicks. Yep, White Chicks. He worked on it. Amazing! We talked about him winning an Emmy, his work on Cabin in the Woods, X-Men Apocalypse, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Infinity War. He was the head of the whole department in The Mandalorian. I mean, yeah, this is one guy. This is one guy who's done all these things. He's got great advice for future makeup artists and a ton of other stuff. A ton. It's great. Brian's awesome. One of the nicest guys around. So let's jump into it. Please enjoy the interesting podcast episode number 117 with Brian Sipe. Theme song time. What else are you going to do, you know? You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you good with free time? Uh, I am. Yeah, that's good. I feel like I'm not. It's like I always got to be doing yeah. something, you know? But then your job, you're always well, doing so many things, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I guess that is what I mean, though, too, because, I mean, you know, I've got a list of about a thousand things. Sure. <laughs> so this gives me the time to do it. There you go. Bright side. Got to find it yeah, somehow. Yeah. Yep. Right on, right on. So you're in you're in California. I am. Where are you located? I'm in Florida. Okay. Yeah. The, All right. The other side of the country. Yeah, yeah. Same country, so Florida's same situation, fun. which is fun. <laughs> I heard Florida's going crazy too. Dude, Florida's always crazy. Yeah, right. Florida man. Yeah, for it's a thing. I had someone on one time asking. They were like, in Florida, are there really meth gators? And I was like, honestly, I can't. For certain, say no, and I think that's its own problem. Right, right. You know, it's a it's, it's a special breed, <laughs> special breed of people. Sure. Sure. Yep, yep. Are you, so you're are you from California or you moved there? Because I feel like few people uh, are actually from there. Yeah, no, I moved here. I grew up in the Northwest. Oh, right on. Like around kind of just Oregon, like, Washington area. Yep, a little bit in Seattle, and then a little bit just outside of Portland. Oh, cool, cool. It's very known for its creativity. Um, both, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, are you good with <laughs> yeah, cold weather yeah. then? Um, you know what? My blood's warmed quite a bit yeah. since uh, I bet. Uh, I've been in the Los Angeles area. So, um, it uh, yeah, I, I'm a cold person, so yeah, I'm okay. But I'd rather be warm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear that. 
I hear that. It's it's an interesting thing, especially with like that's what I love about California and like LA specifically is you've got the heat, but you don't have like Florida's humidity. And uh, I think the humidity is what kills people when you have to swim through the air. It's not a good look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Mm-mm. No thanks. So then, nope. if you're in that area. Was there entertainment stuff going on up there? Because now, like, the Pacific Northwest has, like, its own sort of film industry. You got Vancouver across the border. But, like, was that something that, like, you were around? Um, no, no. When I, uh, when I started to get interested in film, um, I assume we're, we're going with podcast night right now, right? Yeah, this all gets all edited part. later on. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got you, buddy. Um, all right. Um uh, you know what? I mean, when I started to get interested in doing makeup effects, you know, specialty makeup, um, mm-hmm. I just made the move to Los Angeles. Um, I mean, that whole industry in the Northwest has kind of grown since I've been away, um, especially in Portland, you know, with, a, with a, there's a big studio there that, you know, Grimm and yeah, uh, uh, boy, uh, what was that other uh, Timothy Hutton show was filmed there for a long time. And, yep. um, but uh You know, it's weird because Portland became more of the place. You know, there was a time in the 80s, I think, when Seattle had it, you know, uh, when, um, you know, at the time when um, was it Northern Exposure was there. Right. But but they but they didn't hang on to it. I don't think they thought it was a real thing. Um, Sure. You know, they were just, you know, they had tech, they had Starbucks and that they were going to run with that. And they weren't really. Yeah, you know, I mean, the the incentives they had for the the pro, uh, for that uh, for the film industry in that area just were not great, um, so they really didn't feel like they wanted to entice people there, you know, which was too bad, uh, you know, because then Vancouver obviously took advantage of that. Yeah, big time. That's cool. That's cool. So, even growing up, you were into makeup. Like, when did the makeup thing start? Because I think that's really um, cool. You know what? I think it started right around. When I was sixteen, really, um, you know, that like, yeah, that was like when the whole, when a lot, you know, it was still video back then, right? Uh, video VHS and beta, mm-hmm. and um, and we we rent movies, and you know, me and some buddies, we always got into the horror movies. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, that's when I really started noticing that, like, hey, this is something that's real, you know, and especially like, um, you know, at the time that uh, the thing, you know, when the, the remake, John Carpenter's remake, came out. That was the one that really yeah. um, piqued my interest in it. It's so gross. So, yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, but, you know, innovative and, you know, stuff like that hadn't been seen before. And, you know, that's then I started watching the other things, you know, Videodrome or American Werewolf. And, yeah. You know, yeah. The Rick know. Baker stuff. Sure, sure. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's interesting. Yeah. I, the thing was one of those things. If correct, I'm pretty sure it was one of the first movies that like the makeup effects were at a point now where they're like, don't cover it up in the dark and like try and hide. It's like, no, we want to see this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty neat. For sure. I mean, I mean, all that stuff is front and center. Yeah, yeah. It's so gross, man. It's what it, that's one of those visuals that like really sticks with you. And then yeah, you were like, all of them. Yes, please. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. neat. So, so horror. You know, I find that uh, a lot of like makeup artists that that was the in. It's like when you get these horror things that kind of stick with you, and you're like, oh, that's that's a thing that like you can do. Yeah, that's yeah. And um, that was exactly it. It was actually well, I think where I where I more got it was uh, 
because I had watched the thing and rented it quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, my father would he was a uh, he would fly around a lot for work. Cool. And he, he picked up, uh, you know, at an airport newsstand, a copy of Cinema Fantastique, um, the one with, with Botine and the Crabhead on the uh, cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, he brought that home to me and, you know, I read that thing and inside it had like these cool, like little drawings that I think that Mike Plug did where, you know, it was kind of like storyboard drawings of how they're going to do this. And, um, and then, you know, there's actually descriptions on like what they did. Um, you know, I think Botine, you know, described how they built some of the effects and, um, and that's when it really dawned on me that like, oh, wow, this is a job. Sure. So did you have yeah. friends that you like practiced on and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of friends that um, one guy who's still up in the Portland area, I went to uh, over in a neighboring town. They actually had a theater store. So I you know, could buy some theater makeup there. Ooh. And we ended up having a friendship. Um, and I still know him to this day. And uh, But yeah, I had a bunch, couple of buddies that, you know, I practiced doing head casts on or, you know. Oh, um, man. Yeah, you the know, trust I mean, involved. Yeah. <laughs> do they still have eyebrows? Yeah. Uh, yes, they do. Okay, that's good. That's good. Their skin is still intact. Yep. Yep. Okay, so you you started out pretty well. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. I always think about kids experimenting with things like uh, there was a documentary once called Raiders about these guys that recreated Raiders of the Lost Ark like shot for shot. And oh, they, really? It's really good. I think Kyle Newman did it. He was the director of uh, Fanboys. In the documentary, they're like kids, and they practice like face casts. And I guess they used like a chemical that started burning one of them. And they yeah. were like, oh, no. And, you know, they're kids. So they're like just using a water hose. And like, we learned that day not to mix. It was like Plaster Paris, I think they were doing it with, like yeah. on their head. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the one that everybody, I think. Luckily, I, I came out. When I got a hold of the information, you know, we I knew to use alginate. Yeah. Um, you know, but of course, it, you know, it was stuff at the dental store that, you know, set off in about a minute. So um, that was the hard part was just trying to get it down fast and using super cold water. Um, so that was always never pleasant. Yeah. yeah but better, yeah. better that than uh, to lose your eyebrows and burn your face. That's true. That's true. From what I've heard. I mean, I don't know offhand, yeah. but it sounds like the better way to go. So did you? So didn't did you go to school for it? I eventually made my way to um, California when I was about nineteen, I guess, twenty right years on. old. Right on. And um, and I did sign up. I actually, I actually before that, I had uh, in the back of a Fangoria magazine, I saw an ad for um, like a makeup, a short, like a week long makeup course in New York City. What? And so I thought, yeah, I so thought like, oh, you know, and I think I remember it being it was like seven hundred bucks for the week. Yeah. Um, my family, we had friends in Jersey. So I mean, I was 18 years old, went to go stay with them for the week. Um, and the father would take me, take me on his way to work. He'd drop me off at a bus, bus station. I would ride into Port Authority at 42nd Street, which in boy, 83 was still like, that was like the old dodgy 42nd Street. Yeah. gnarly it was before i got disney-fied sure and um and i remember i'd walking through all that and then i'd go up towards the park um 
and I learned, uh, started learning some makeup stuff. I learned how to do a bald cap for the first time, um, like proper and, you know, handling a mustache. Uh, it was from a guy named uh, Burt Roth, who right. I think was was one of the, uh, I think he used to be like one of the department heads at ABC for a short time. And then um, there was like about five of us in his, in his little apartment. He was Ooh, teaching us makeup. Nice. Hands on. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I wish I wish I knew where all of them were. I know where one of them is. Um, and we actually keep in touch for some, uh, this guy named Jerry Gergely. Um, that's cool. And, uh, he, he teaches at the Savini school in um, Pittsburgh. Right on. But, uh, yeah. Or he runs it actually. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Killing it. That's pretty cool yeah. to have such a small class. You get like the more intensive training. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty basic back then and, you know, but, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it I think it kind of you know, spark the fire even further. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it seemed to have worked out. Yeah. Yeah, so far. (laughs) So far. There you go. That's cool. I love that there's like, you have like this, uh, almost like destiny calling thing. We're like, oh, I'm kind of into this. And just randomly, how about like the timing, the way it worked out? That's, it's almost like it was meant to be, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. (laughs) I guess so. This is what this yeah. is. This is my job. I connect the threads of your life and be like, "Look at this map." Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. So you went there, yeah. and then from there you went to California. Then yeah, and then um, I made my way to move. You know, kind of moved down, loaded up my little car, drove to California. I stayed with an aunt, um, and then um, uh, went to a makeup school. Now that's no longer around, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, you know, it was a five month course. Nice. Um, yeah. And then from there you just start like meeting people and, um, you know, you, you just, you, you know, further connect the dots and, and, and connections and, um, keep practicing. Um, you know, that was one thing that was really cool. I met a bunch of guys who are all, you know, a few of them are, are still working in the business and doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we all lived in a house for a while in Santa Ana and, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, something that, um, I always tell people, you know, and kids, it's like, you know, at, at that time too, I think I was working at Domino's pizza. I'd, I'd wake up in the morning and go to Domino's and work the day shift. Um, and then in the evening, you know, I would, uh, we'd go back and we would just be like working in the garage, just sculpting or painting or making masks or, or, or doing something like that. Um, and then on the weekend, it was like, great, I got 72 hours. I can do this. And so we would just, you know, work all night and just do whatever, Yeah. um, you know, instead of, you know, hanging out at the pub or, or, you know, going to a party or whatever. That's kind of like what we did. Sure. That sounds way more fun. Just a bunch of friends making cool stuff. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. Dude. And you're like honing your skills while you're at it and building a portfolio. I mean, look at this. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean that was pretty much it. And, but also, I think it 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 it, um, uh, it helps solidify, you know, what kind of foundation I had of, for a work ethic. Yeah, um, you know, in, in just finding joy in what I was doing. Totally, which you need in that competitive of a market. It's like when everyone's running the race, it's like you gotta you gotta keep running, buddy. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Did you so? What do you find in the beginning levels? Like you practice the most? Is it like sculpting? Is it bald caps? Like what kind of cool stuff were you doing in that garage? I mean, a lot of it was just sculpting. You know, whether we were sculpting prosthetics to put on each other. Um, oh, that's I cool. I sculpted, 
sculpted like this whole upper torso of a corpse. What? Um, or sculpting a mask. And, you know, it, and it was kind of everything back then because back, you know, this was all probably 87, 88-ish. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, the industry itself was still fairly young. I mean, you know, obviously the Rick Bakers and the Botines and the Greg Riddens, I mean, all these guys that were already kind of out there doing it. Right. Um, you know, they were kind of like that second, third wave. You know, I, I think I kind of wrote in on that fourth or fifth wave of people um, in the 80s, you know, the late 80s, early 90s of this business where it was it was still experimental. And we were, you know, it, things hadn't really compartmentalized yet. Mm-hmm. Um so you really kind of had to know everything, you know, now, you know, in shops, it's like you're maybe you're a mold maker or maybe you're the, you know, the silicone guy or you're the sculptor or, you know, right. Um, Get like a specific all, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, for us back then, we just we had to kind of do it all because we, we, we did, you know, we just had to do it all. There wasn't that many of us yet. Right, that makes sense. You had to be a more jack of all trades, just in case like yeah. somebody couldn't do this part. You had to be able to fill that in, and that's smart. Yeah, makes yourself more useful yeah. around the shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if it was smart, it was just kind of what we yeah. did. <laughs> kind of what we, you know, what, what we were supposed to do. Sure, sure. Was it was it tough to learn? Like, was it something you took to right away, or did you did you have to like a force yourself to be able to do these things? No, it was, it was actually something that I really liked to do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my dad would have loved it if I would have gotten into computers, and maybe I should have. But, yeah, yeah, of course, um, of course. But, but boy, you know, put me in front of a computer and, and, or read a book, and, and I, I, I fall asleep. Yeah. I just can't do it. <laughs> Idle hands, um, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, this was something that, you know, I could do all day and all night, you know, into the night, you know. Sit there and you do this. It's like one of those things where you're just doing it, and all of a sudden you realize you haven't eaten, and it's 3 oh, yeah. a.m. Oh yeah, that's when you know it's kind of. That's when you know you're like doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a. I feel like there's a special kind of joy. Like a. It's like fulfillment. It's like more than joy. You get fulfilled by this thing, which I think is kind yeah. of rare for a lot of people to find. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Man. So then, what do you remember your first like professional gig? I mean, I, I had a bunch of different ones. I mean, I guess. At that time, and a bunch of us were living in the house in Santa Ana, you know, we had all come to L.A. to, to do this. And, you know, we all got kind of derailed and we were working at a company um, where we made like these life-size dinosaurs, robotic dinosaurs from museums. What? Uh, well, I mean, which was fun in and of itself, you know, but yeah, um, one of the guys was like, wait, this isn't what we came here for, you know, and he goes, I'm out, you know, and, and, and he went up and, and he just, you know, started interviewing and doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right on the race. He ended up. Yeah, yeah, and and he ended up working at Steve Johnson's shop. Um, oh, right on uh, the old XFX um, shop, and uh, and then for a while, you know, once he kind of, you know, when I was still doing my the dinosaur thing, mm-hmm. um, and at a point I started to get tired of that and realizing he was right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so you know, again at that at that time the industry was, you know, we we would, you know, we we, we got you know paid, you know, they got paid very little. Yep. And they worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, of course, um, I would drive up on the weekends and help him on the weekends, just work for free, you know, at the shop. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, hey, what do you want me to do? Just to kind of, you know, get my foot in the door. And 
um, which was kind of cool because, you know, I was able to help do some of the filming and, and do some prep work for, I think it was The Howling 3. Nice. Um, and then, uh, like, uh, what was the other ones? It was, like, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Sweet. Um, just, work, again, working for free. And, and, and The Abyss, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, what? So, yeah, it was this, uh, during that time, I think, actually, I, I, got, a, I got to go to set um, on The Abyss and, you know, I'm puppeteering some of the stuff for the end sequence at the end of the What? World. Yeah, Dude. It, was, it was crazy. No big deal. Yeah. It's whatever. All, that kind all of free stuff. work, you know, but it was just like, yeah, I'll go do that. Yeah, why not? Huh. Um, Abyss, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I had a pretty pretty good, I think, uh, a good lucky career, whereas, you know, like all that practice, all that work in the garage, all that whatever, you know, and some of the things that I push when I, when I do talks is that, you do that stuff. You get ready, yeah. So that when the when the opportunity knocks, you can stand up fast and say, "Yeah, I can do that." Thousand you know, percent you agree. Got to get yourself ready. You can't just, you know, you can't go, "Oh yeah, I can do that," and then go and watch a YouTube video on how to do it. Yeah, um, <laughs> sure. You have to be be ready to do it at that moment. And and I think I was lucky enough that um, I was in a lot of good places at the right time. Absolutely. Because it was actually right after, right after that, the, the, that whole abyss thing. I remember Steve coming up to me and asking. He was just like, "Hey, so, you know, I, I, there might be this movie coming in uh, next week, and you know, or in a week or so. And, and um, have you ever run film latex before?" And I'm like, Ooh. "No." And he's like, "All right." He goes, "Well, I'll tell you what." He goes, "I don't have a phone runner. The other guy left. So, come in next week. I'll pay you for the week." Um, to uh, run foam, I'll bring out a bunch of molds, and uh, we'll see how you do. You know, talk Dude. to Tom over there, and uh, you know, and, and he can he can give you a help. You know, uh, give you you know whatever he can mentor you. And uh, so that's what I did. And he's like, "All right, cool, great. You want to start work next week?" <laughs> like, sure. Dude. You know, which was crazy because I think I got, I think I was getting, I think it was five hundred a week. Nice that time which was you know 100 bucks a day for you know at the end of a 23 hour shift you know yeah <laughs> 279 an hour but yep. um yep but i mean but that's that's what we knew that was kind of that was the that was it it was kind of it was good yeah that's what it was yeah and that and actually that long long way around to to the answer to your question that film was maybe my first real production i'll say just because it was actually when i got hired to, to be on um, was a uh, Highway to Hell with uh, what? Chad Love, Christy Swanson. Yeah, not bad. Not a bad foray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Like you kind of that, that's the and I think you're absolutely right. That's something I've learned in over a hundred episodes of this show. Is luck really is preparation meets opportunity, like a thousand yeah, percent. Is. Yeah, it's like you gotta be you gotta be able to do the thing because you're not just gonna yeah. be handed an opportunity just because you know. Yeah. It's crazy. But also, you know what, hand in hand with that, I think, is the honesty of it. You I know, because even as, as much as I had kind of tried to do, you know, I had never run phone before. So when he asked me, it was he was like, can you do it? And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you do it? Can you do it? Yes. Had you done it? No. Right. So, uh, and I think with that and, and just the attitude, it was this kind of, he was like, all right, well, I'll give you a try. Give you a shot. I love um, that. You know, I think there's a lot of times when people say they know how to do stuff, 
where you know you 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 know you see their portfolio and you look at their work and I say, oh great, yeah, I'm gonna hire you. And then day one, you know that this was not their work. <laughs> you know, day, day one, you know that they lied. Yeah. Um, you know, they just, you know. You're like you're so, holding the tool wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so that, that's the other part. I think you know that a lot of people, as much as I admire confidence. Yeah, I, I much more admire the honesty of being able to say, you know what? No, I don't know how to do that quite well, but I can learn. Absolutely. I, I think I actually I think that's really cool. Why? What do you think it was that did you have that in you? Because when you're reached with an opportunity like this or something you wanted to do and like, can you do this? Like, why didn't you? say yes just like i feel like a lot of people do that out of fear you know what i mean like if i don't say yes i'll never get yeah. it again therefore that but like it's going to come out regardless you right know? right so was there something you in know you i don't know that, like, I... did you think about it no i just remember that just being the answer i don't know if that's just something that's been still since i was a little kid i mean you know just honesty and i don't you know i don't know yeah. um but I think that's just that's something that is one thing that I find really hard, even when I'm looking to hire somebody, um, you know, because I can look at somebody's work and then like you ask them questions, how oh, can you do this? And they're, you know, depending upon how, you know, confident with the answer, um, you know, I can tell if they're lying. Right, <laughs> you know? right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, or you're it's just like, okay, well, yeah, it's like you, you, you say you could do this and it's an old age project, but. Yep. All you do is gore and slash your stuff in your on your portfolios. Like you've never done this. How, how can you say yes? Right. So, it's like the the honesty that leads to like I haven't done it, but I'm willing to learn means so much more right, than just right. automatically being like, sure, yeah, because there's so much on the line. Sure, that, sure. That makes sense. Not only their career, but mine. You know, if 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 I were to you know hire somebody that yeah you know, wasn't completely truthful and and failed. I mean, they're they're always a full representation of what uh, you know, well, who I am. Totally, your name's on the line. Yeah, that, that's neat though. I I I actually really like that. I think that's cool that like you have that sort of thing about you where like honesty means something, even in something like this that can be so like you have to grab it while it's there or not. But I don't know. It's cool. Right. The, right. Like the freedom to learn something on the job, I think is uh, I think it's really cool that you do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's also something that this business has been able to afford us, and maybe, you know, maybe that goes something too back to when I was in the business or started was that it was all learning. You know, it was we all had to learn on the job, right? Um, you know, as, as much as you learn in a school, you know, you'll learn more within your first week on a, on a real job. Absolutely. Do you find that even today people are still doing that, like being given the freedom to learn on the job? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th I think it depends on on if it, if they let them and right. let themselves, um, you know, because I, I know that a lot of people, you know, I mean, again, I'm lucky enough and I, I get great opportunities and, you know, and, and if I see, you know, there in the past few years, I've seen some people that, you know, that it's like, yeah, you know, this person looks like they're showing you know, promise that it's like they're showing like some, some good skills and good talent, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, so it's like, I, I, you know, not that I know everything, but I do know how to, you know, I think pull other attributes out of somebody. Right. Um, you know, you know, even on down to, you know, uh, on this, say this, this last, uh, 
you know, on, on, on a show that I was just recently on, uh, you know, I was able to pull in kind of an intern type, you know, and, you know, and all of a sudden, in, you know, this intern, I, you know, we're building all this stuff and, you know, she's, you know, a couple of years out of makeup school, just kind of building herself in to this mm-hmm. business, trying to, and, and, you know, and, and I throw in a room with, you know, the likes of like incredible heavy hitters, you know, um, yeah. and, and she, I think within that first, you know, week, she learned more than she did in, you know, all of her schooling. That's so cool. It's like a masterclass. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And really thrown into it, you know, and, and I was lucky to, um, you know, lucky to had but had a whole bunch of great people there, you know, like Kevin Haney, Scott Stoddard. Yeah. Or any of those. I mean, some people, you know, Kevin Wozner's people that were amazing, you know, people that have lineage in our business. And, you know, and there she was, you know, learning from them. That's so like, cool. here, help him, you know, yeah. Right on. Did you find when you're like, when you first started out, were you doing a lot of like prosthetics and foam and things like that? Or were you doing more like, because I know for a lot of makeup people get in, it's like a lot of beauty stuff as well. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I, unfortunately I didn't hone that part of me. Yeah. Um, I did focus more on the prosthetic and the specialty stuff. Cool. And, um, uh, so now, but, but over the last few years, that's one thing I've been doing and is trying to, um, you know, rebuild that side of me. Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of the shows that I'm doing here, I really make, try to make sure that that's part of what I do. Sure. Sure. Makes sense. Just another tool for the bag. Yep. Did you work on Power Rangers? Uh, I did on, on the old TV show. Yeah, it's so cool. I may have grown up on it. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was lucky enough to um, uh, worked with uh, a buddy of mine, David Barton. Um, we had a shop together years and years ago, and that was one of the the jobs that he got was uh, we, we we had to remake like a bunch of the helmets, and what? I think we redid. Did a couple of characters and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Dude, remaking helmets is no. not makeup or prosthetics. No, no, we, we. I mean, again, you get into everything. I mean, you know, when I was doing this, I mean, it was you know, it was prop making. It was you know, it's that's a little bit of everything that we do. A little bit of mechanical stuff, a lot of makeup, and you know, yeah. That's so cool, and also not at all related. Like, do you, do you find, do you find that, like, do you find that on the creative side, like, you have to be sort of malleable in the different things that you do? I think so. I, I mean, I mean, it depends. Yeah. Um, I, I think it increases your value. Makes sense. Um, uh, I, I mean, again, I don't, you know, if, if, you know, like back in the day, you know, it's just like, if you wanted to do, you know, there were a few places you went for some things. You know, like if you were going to do a gorilla movie, you went to Rick. If you were going to, you know what I mean? It was, right. if you were going to do an old age thing, you know, Dick Smith would do it. I mean, um, it, there was that, you know, where you, you had to, you could either go that route of just being really specialized and focused mm-hmm. or, you know, get to a place where it, it is kind of like that jack of all where you had a good, you know, a good, uh, a good education and knowing a little of everything um you know i I mean sometimes it's you know but and within that i think you you can then like bring in people to help you you know which i think is one thing that 
some people do well in this business. I mean, some people, you know, like maybe their egos are like, no, I've got to do it all myself. Right. Um, you know, where I think, you know, I, I know that I can do take things to a certain point and maybe I need to have somebody come in and help me sculpt, help me, you know, finalize the sculpture or, you know, um, but, uh, you know, again, knowing how to do a little bit of everything just kind of keeps you busy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I also like what, like, diving into the things that people have done. It's like a, like a visual effects, right? There's a lot of yeah. movies that there'll be a ton of visual effects in it, but you won't know. You're like, 1970 oh, yeah. had a ton of visual oh, That was yeah. a visual effects? You're like, yeah. And I feel like in the same way with visual effects, makeup as well, where there's movies that you wouldn't expect. There's so much makeup and things involved. Like regular movies, a lot of times require a lot of makeup and things you have to do. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On that, uh, what did you do in Speed? In Speed, yeah. I made. Uh, I'm taking them out, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think at that time I worked. I worked at Tony Gardner's shop, Alterian Studios, and we made um, some dummies. Oh. Uh, oh, I think he, we he made a couple of. I think they might have made some props for them too. But I was on on a team where we made some of the dummies. Um, what? For you know, to to like ride on like the the, um, you know when they get lowered through the bus and they're you know I think Keanu and Sandra Bullock you know they get they're on that board yeah um, yeah yeah that's so cool again not makeup it's like that you're no. doing you're doing so many things you're like I want to get into makeup and then your prosthetics in the garage you're like all right cool now make a Power Ranger helmet you're like what yeah I, all right yeah. Now dummies. What? <laughs> well, that, that's when it was. I think you know more. It was kind of makeup, but 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 again, like that portion of it, that subset of makeup was you know like the makeup effects. You know, it was all a part of it. You know, recreating a human, right. making sure that it, you know, um, you know, for a dummy. So what you're saying is that given time and materials, you could escape from prison, and people wouldn't know. Uh, for... I could. I could. <laughs> Clint Eastwood style. That's right. Yeah, yeah. pulling old Alcatraz, classic. Yeah. That's amazing. Also amazing, Mystery Men. Love right. Love okay. that movie. Yeah. Again, not makeup. Again. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, what do you actually was, do, Brian? <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, on that one, we we um we made a bunch of the uh, the chrome parts for Greg Kinnear's outfit. Oh, that's cool. All of his armor that you know went on his costume. Yeah, I mean that's why, you know that, that you know we you, you know we get in bed with a lot with costumers you know because they're looking for specialty things like that or you know um, something that some costume shops back then didn't know how to like make on their own. Sure, they would, they would go to prop shops or you know specialty people. No, that's so cool. I'm I'm so into that different costume and armor and props and just like like prosthetics. I think it's some of the coolest work like ever. Yeah. So it's yeah. neat when you get into that kind of stuff. So you did the chrome parts for the Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Nice work. Nice work. I still when I look at spoons I think of Mystery Men. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And then I know you went from those chrome parts to a different chrome parts in Bicentennial Man. Actually different shop. Um I that movie was so big, um I bet. they kind of they split it up. So Steve Johnson's shop made the robots. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, I was working for a company called Captive Audience, um, uh, you know, where Greg Cannon was the cons artistic consultant on that um, in, uh, company. And um, we did all the aging makeups. What? Yeah. Um, so they, they kind of split it that way. 
Dude, so how many shops have you worked for? It's like a different shop every time. It, it yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, we're all kind of guns for hire in this business. We're freelance. You know, you, you know, rarely, rarely is the place where you'll you'll get to a, a spot where you'll 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 be at a place for thirty years or something. You know, I mean, you know, this the movie industry themselves, um, you know, doesn't really you know live by that standard of uh, you know the nine to five job. So right. Um, but so yeah, I mean, I worked, you know, I worked at a handful of shops really through my career. Um, uh, like right out the never gate, at Rick's, too. yeah, never at Rick's, never at Stan Winston's. <laughs> uh, even though I work at Legacy, I, I you know represent them once, you know, uh, a lot. Sure. But um, yeah, that's because you became Brian Sipe. Yeah, that's what sure. happens, you know? Rick Baker didn't work for Stan Winston, you know. That's how this stuff works. You had, you had to become your own legend, which I appreciate. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, in my own head. Yeah, <laughs> and mine. I I like that there's the freelance side of it that I feel like a lot of people I sure as hell didn't know that. Like it, but it's also that kind of drive that you had in those weekends with your friends in the garage really comes in handy in that kind of lifestyle where you you're hired and fired at the beginning of every in, end of every job. Sure. So you gotta sure. you gotta keep on walking. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, too, was that, you know, you needed to, um, I think one of the other things, too, in my, one of my internal, you know, um, one of the internal things that I always kind of like loop that just plays in my head, and I always tell people, um, is, you know, you know, day one on a job, you know, you, you, you show up on time, you dress nice, you're working really hard, you don't stop, you don't take your breaks, you do, do, do. Yeah. Um, and... And, and, and that's always been just kind of like an internal motto um, is to, you know, as they say, it's every day is your first day. So work oh. like every day first. I mean, up to the very end. So that way, you know, you, you're impressive. Right. You know? um, and, and so at the end of a job, you know, and, you know, maybe the next job starts up, it overlaps, or maybe the next job starts in a week or two. You know, they want to, you know, they're going to be thinking, who do I want to bring back? Right. That guy that worked all the time. Sure. I like it. hard. It's, I mean, you need someone like that. In the quick turnaround, in the long hours, it's like that kind of stuff really matters when you're not like slacking off and really going for it. I feel like people take notice. Right. Sure. Sure. That's pretty neat. And you don't, that's pretty crazy at like sort of the beginning, you've got these like, iconic powerhouse things from the abyss to power rangers to bicentennial man i mean that's that's a pretty good uh pretty good couple laps in the beginning um yeah i mean you know again i was you know i think that what was that the saying that you said that uh, uh luck is luck preparation is, uh, meets right. opportunity yeah yeah and you were ready i like it I was were, you, ready. were you nervous like do you get um, nervous sure yeah okay sure so you yeah, are human yeah. understood yeah, I'm gonna write yeah. that down real quick. Hold on. Sometimes, um, sometimes underline. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's just like you're always. I, I I think I do get nervous, but I but I think my my over criticism <laughs> um, overpowers it. Sure. Overpowers it. Like if you know, but you know, we're, we're getting ready to do a makeup test for the first time, you know, or you know, it's. You know, I'm 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 so focused on trying to look at it technically, or trying to you know see what can we do? How can we make this faster? How can we make it better? Sure. How can we make it look as good as it can be? 
you know, that it, it, it overpowers the nerves. Um, that makes sense. You know, just because, you know, it, you know, because of course it's just like, you know, you, you've just spent, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and hours um, trying to put something together to be impressive on an actor to a high power director to the studio. Right. And, you know, it could all fail. Sure. Has that happened? Um, sure. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But but I mean, usually when that happens, then it's just like, all right, we got to do another. To- you know, we got to redo a redesign, or we got to do. It's like you know, now we have, you know, this makeup test didn't work, and we need to. It doesn't move right around the mouth. It doesn't, you know, change the coloring or do this and that. So it's just stuff that, you know, that's why you have makeup tests. You know, in our, so that you can you know, figure some, figure it out. You know, it takes incremental steps sometimes. Sure. That makes sense. So then what did you do on Big Mama's house? Big Mama's house, uh, that, um, I was one of the makeup artists, um, with, you know, Martin Nice. and, um, yeah, myself, uh, again, that was through captive audience, um, with, uh, uh, Greg Cannon and Wesley Wofford. Uh, you know, yeah, we did, big mama and you know and everything else in there you know and of course with with that you know we had the disguise makeups where you know martin you know had to look like somebody else in in other scenes um we had a photo double because you know it was such a laborious makeup to put him through um and that was right right after he had his health scare right um so they weren't gonna they were gonna try and not really tax him that much so every day that we would put him in makeup we put this other guy in makeup uh, Ramsey and, um, uh, you know, so that, you know, at halfway through the day, you know, they could, you know, wrap Martin and then, you know, get the, start shooting the other guy. Sure. Sure. That's cool. See, these are the other things that people don't realize goes into these movies. Yeah. That's neat. So it's also crazy to think about like all the different things that you've done up until this point. Like I keep, I keep hampering on this, but it's blowing my mind. They're like so many different, like you're like aging, you've got metal parts, you got this, like you're just doing all these things. And it's not like over the course of like 25 years, you're like, I've done these things. You're like, no, within the yeah. first chunk, you're just thrown into <laughs> yeah. the deep end and start swinging with tools, you know? Yeah. Well, again, I think that was just because, you know, the industry was so, you know, was still young, um, you know, so it, whenever something like that kind of came up in a script, they would just go, like, oh, let's go talk to the makeup effects guy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they could do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you guys did it to your credit. Very well done. Yeah. 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 We we all tried. We all did good sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You don't have to take it, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then I know you worked on Pirates of the Caribbean. Another mm-hmm. super iconic thing that turned into stuff. I mean, turned into other stuff. Dude, sure. what did you do on that? Yeah. Um, you know what? I was the shop supervisor again at Captive Audience. Oh, um, we, what does that mean? We built everything. Well, um, we designed uh, and built everything. All the prosthetics. What? You know, some of the head pieces, the looks, everything. Um, and then... Um, at that time, at that time we were busy. I remember that shop. Um, Keith Vanderlaan owned the company, Captive Audience. Mm-hmm. Again, Greg Cannon was the con- uh, creative consultant, and um, I just remember that period of my life. We were doing Pirates of the Caribbean, Van Helsing, oh. and Passion of the Christ. Dude, so it was, 
this overlap of all three of these films. Um, and I was the, the shop supervisor for, for all three and, and you know, kind of really? moving every, I, yeah, I just remember we have, I think like 150 people working there in Ooh. three shifts, you know, we, we separated everything into shifts, uh, working seven days a week and, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was madness, but, um, for, Dude. for pirates, we built, we built everything and sent it to a set, uh, Vinil oversaw the onset stuff. Um, and she ran that department and then, um, so I never got, I never set foot there. I ended up staying with, uh, Van Helsing. Oh, cool. uh, I went to Prague. I went to Prague for a while for that. And, um, you know, dealing with passion of the Christ as well. Yeah, man. Deep end. What is, what is going on here? It's like, you don't like yeah. sleep. No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is the that sounds like the craziest summer you could ask for. Yeah, um, that was a that was a crazy time. That's for sure. And like so heavy on stuff as well. Like there's totally different. So it's not like you can use one thing and like kind of yeah, we'll do this for the next one. They don't translate. Right. Oh, Lots of heavy makeup and stuff. All different too. Wow, dude, I love Van Helsing. It's so good. Holds up. Holds it's up. a lot of fun. It holds up. I dig it. And then. You know. Every time I hear that song, uh, A Thousand Miles, I believe it's called, Yeah. Uh, I picture Terry Crews singing it in White Chicks, which, <laughs> which is another movie you worked on that I have seen way too many times, if yeah. I'm being honest. It's so good. How, yeah. How do they approach you for a movie like that to begin with? <laughs> like you, um, you did Van Helsing, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Passion of the Christ. You know what else you'd be good for? White chicks. <laughs> White chicks. Um, well, again, you know, it was, you know, again, that was, I, I think there was about, you know, even though we're all freelance and, you know, and when there was work, there wasn't, mm -hmm. there was, and then when there wasn't, there wasn't. Totally. Um, that was a chunk of time that I worked at Captive Audience. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I was lucky to be able to, to, you know, I was, to be able to, to be in a position where, um you know, Keith, he ran the business. He really focused on getting the work in and like an overall umbrella of, of control, you know, but he let me, you know, supervise and really run with the, with the shows, you know, quite a bit. Sure. Um, you know, and of course, Greg Cannon was there to, you know, on, on some of the shows to, to, to give creative guidance. Um, uh, for White Chicks themselves, it was, I think, was it White Chicks, the first one that we did with the brothers? Um maybe but yeah they came to us just with the idea and, and and it's funny because we had done um some makeup tests uh and then that was one of those ones too where there was kind of like oh well that looks a little too real <laughs> <laughs> um we wanted to be kind of funny right and uh, you know because i remember i did this we you know myself and uh will huff we did this makeup test on marlon and um she looked good. <laughs> she was pretty, but uh, but you know they're just kind of well, you know, it, it should be a little bit more like like yeah, like like the movie. It's like like they did it to themselves, right? It should, right. It shouldn't be that, you know. So I was like, oh okay, <laughs> you know. So then you kind of switch gears and um, you know, go that whole route. Sure. Did and, it and I, you know, part part of it might have happened too because I think because we had just finished. Um, we had just finished, and actually, that was the the, the one time that um, myself, Keith, and Will we, we won the Emmy for um, yeah, best makeup on a TV Black show. Black White, 
for black white. Yeah. And um, I think that's where we kind of got that got attention there as well, seeing that like, oh, you guys did a whole race change. I was like, we got to change these guys into women, right? Uh, as well as white women. And so, challenge accepted. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Also, congrats on an Emmy, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what? Yeah, that was, that was you got cool. the you got the E and the E got well done. I got the E and the E got. I know. I'm trying to, I, I got to learn how to sing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give it time. Give it time. You can do yeah. a lot of things that I didn't know. So singing, I can hum. I know. I can hum. Not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, that's crazy. Is it? Is it nuts winning an Emmy? Like, what is that like? What, what's going through your head? Talk about being nervous. You know, the whole thing is just weird. It's, it's surreal. I, I mean, even to be. I remember we were up there. Um, um, I think Patty Bunch was up there for uh, Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole bunch of us, you know, I mean, whatever, like five shows get nominated. Um, and it's pretty cool, you know, to to be even nominated for, you know, a project that, you know, for your work that, you know, you just yeah. kind of worked on. Um, you know, and obviously we submit ourselves because we felt like we did a good job. And um, I agree. Yeah, I just remember just thinking like, oh, you know, you know, Will and Grace will win because they're, you know, they're, They've been around forever, and everyone will vote. Right, know, they're to, Will and Grace. You know. <laughs> yeah, Will and Grace. And the weird thing was, was that that Will and Grace episode was the episode that I worked on. Oh, what? <laughs> it was like their final episode where we actually we aged them. You know, we we made them all, but I wasn't on that ticket. There you go. Um, but but, but um, we know you were there. We can feel it. But I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. Um, I just kind of figured that, you know, I you know, I think I was, you know, who was up against it? We were, I was up against Jennifer Aspinall from Mad TV. I was up against, uh, you know, the Berman Studios for Nip Tuck. I was up, you know, I can't remember somebody else. And um, and I just remembered, you know, it's the first time I'd done anything like that. And yeah. It was like, hey, it was cool. It's cool to be up here and uh, cool. But yeah, surreal when they kind of been, I think when they said my name, I just like kind of like, yay, Will and Grace. Yeah. <laughs> In my head, you know? Yeah. And then it was people looking at me like, no, 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 it's you. <laughs> You're like, start shaking their hands, congratulating them. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Very it's, surreal. It's like the reverse Zoolander, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now forever, you are, you are an Emmy winning makeup artist brian sype that's pretty cool yeah yeah not bad yeah. not bad i mean if you're into that kind of stuff it's whatever if you're into it sure yeah <laughs> doesn't, doesn't hurt right right so you've done a lot of like aging stuff at this point so you've gotten pretty good at it yeah yeah not, not terrible not. and then they're like hmm what if we did a movie about a guy that ages backwards and you're like i could do that <laughs> yeah yep dude yeah. you got to work Again. on benjamin button another huge thing yeah, yeah, and that actually won the Oscar. Yes, it did. Um, so, uh, you did, know what, we'll so, give you the honorary O and the E got. We're halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> We're on our way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, was that again, hard? you know, great great opportunity through Captive Audience. Um, and uh, it, it was, you know, because, you know, Fincher um, – was a stickler. I mean, he was looking for something very specific and, and trying to achieve that. Took us took us a while to figure out. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. He is he's definitely a man of details. And Benjamin Button sure. is one of those that like 
I mean, it, it, it's become in the zeitgeist now where there's even references being made to it. And like Kevin Hart does a joke about it in his stand-up. Like, it's just, it's a oh, thing. Really? Oh, yeah. He talks about like, oh, he's got he's got the Benjamin Button disease. You know, it's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> great. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. But, um, yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's cool. I mean, it's a, um, you know, it's based on an old story, too. What? I did not know that. Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, maybe? Really? Um, I, yeah, it's like an old, it's an old short tale um, oh. that was written probably back in the 1800s. Yeah. Dude, that would be the worst. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm six. It'd be awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Man. So I know you went from there and then you did um you did Star Trek. Pretty cool. Uh-huh. Dude, I love yeah. aliens and stuff like that and like that's one of the big two. Well, you know what, that's that's one of the that's you know, for sure. I mean that that's something to um you know, that's a show that, you know, a lot of us grew up on. Yeah. And um on, you know, and, and all the incarnations that there are. So, um, so that was pretty special to be able to be a part of that. The first one I got hired on by um, Joel Harlow. Um, cool. He was running that show, and uh, the first one, first right. uh, start, and then um, and then I was lucky enough to get be able to be a part of Into Darkness as well. So with good, David, with uh, David Anderson shop. So good. Do you find that like with something like Star Trek? being what it is is there a specific like feel to star trek like what what did you work on in that one and is it tough um, which, doing it such an ip one? uh which the first one? one let's do the first one. First one uh well you know the first one I, I mean i came in um as again just a gun for hire makeup artist you know in the bullpen cool. um you know to joel had and his team had already created the looks you know designed everything created the looks and they just need to make a part of the whole stable of us to, you know, to apply. So, cool. um, yeah, yeah, that was, it was, it was fun. Like, you know, doing, uh, started out helping with the Romulans and, um, and, you know, the background Romulans and kind of worked on some of the key players and, and helped Joel with uh, Eric's makeup a few times. Cool. And then, yeah. Yeah. That was a lot. It was a lot of fun. That's neat. And then the second one. Second one, um, I actually got brought in uh, to David Anderson's shop, um, where I got to be, you know, part of like the you know sculpting and, and mold making team. Oh, cool! Um, and then at a point, um, he took me to set, and uh, he, you know, he was just like, you know what, I, I think you'd be a good match for Benedict Cumberbatch. He goes, how about you know, let's, uh, I'll have you do his, I'll have you do his makeup as Khan. Um, Dude. So that was that was pretty cool. I mean, you, you know, forever grateful um, for Dave for the confidence and, and giving me that. You know, him and you know he had designed the look. You know, he had gone down I think and, and worked with um, Mary Mashrow, the hair department head, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of helped create this look on Ben to be con. And then you know he went down there. He he took me down and was like, okay, this is what we did. You know. Yeah. And then you know, so this is what I did for his makeup. Hair department will take care of his hair, um, and so then I watched him do it one day, and then the second day I did the makeup, um, and then the third day he was like, "All right, you're on your own." Um, oh, of course. And, uh, and yeah, you know, so it was, it was it was cool to be given, you know, and again that was makeup. It was it, it's a really cool subtle character makeup. 
mm-hmm. you know, no prosthetics, but it was, yeah, you know, in just the way that to paint his face, the way that we, I mean, you know, I had to like hand lay eyebrows. I mean, you know, I mean, it was, yeah, you know, each hair. Um, and uh, it was, it, that was really cool. That was um, a really great learning experience. And um, again, grateful that, you know, he, he, he had the confidence in me to, to give me that, which was, um, which I think was one of the first times that I, you know, worked on like a, a big, you know, especially just like a straight makeup character like that. It was great. Yeah. I think that's really cool as well that like at this point you've been in a ton of big movies. You've like won an Emmy, you've done all things, but you still have the kind of humility to be open to learn. I think that's neat. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think you have to be. Yeah, I you agree. know. Just to grow, you know, as a as a human. <laughs> yeah. I agree. The second you think you know everything, it's like you stop learning, then you yeah. stop growing, and then who wants to be around that? No, nobody. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then I just watched Cabin in the Woods yesterday, just ran, ah, just randomly, and then I find out that you worked on it. Um, yep, yep. Was that super fun? Because that's like gore and horror-y and has kind of everything in it. That's got everything like in it. Everything. Um, I'm scared of unicorns again, now. Yeah, <laughs> it was. A, that was a fun one. I, I mean, it was. That was, you know, that was like one of the better one of the better experiences I've ever, I've ever had working on a project. Really? Um, Yeah. You know, again, it was David Anderson. Right. um, AFX. Um, And at that time, um, you you know, I was just going to go up on set and be, you know, help, you know, apply some of the makeups. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got in there and and I did uh, Jodell's makeup a few times, quite a few times, you know, the little girl. Yeah. Um, zombie girl and then um awesome when we were there you know there was that whole end sequence that's that's just madness just bonkers and, yeah <laughs> and, and and what dave had done was he i think he, they had sculpted a whole bunch of different things and he like pulled out molds from you know his whole library and just had like foam pieces run out of everything what so he had like he had like this trailer you know it was like the store. It was like a candy shop where you would just basically you walk in and it was just like all this stuff kind of labeled. And there was like, you know, maybe four of these, one of these, two of these or whatever. Yeah. And for that whole end sequence, he would just, you know, there was a few, you know, we, he had a few trailers, but then this trailers you go like, okay, Brian, from you today, just make two zombies and a mutant, you know, go as fast as you can, you know, don't spend more than an hour and a half on each one. Yeah. You know, so, um, get it going, get and, it going. Yeah. And, and, you know, so that's kind of what we did. It was like this giant playtime where you could just do, we could just do whatever he goes. There's, there's no continuity. There's no, it's just going to be one big melee scene. What? And just, just one-offs. So, so we really, we all really just, you know, got to just be dumb and have fun. Um, sure. you know, I was, sure. I was, I was in a trailer with, uh, who's I with? I was with Dave Snyder. Uh, who's from LA and then two fantastic makeup artists from Vancouver, Jeff Redknapp and um, uh, Mike Fields. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it would just be, it was just like this, this really cool time where, you know, we'd just be like, okay, everybody else go here. And you start just like kind of cranking on and, you know, and you're taking, you know, your usual prosthetics, but it's like, Oh, I'm going to take that cheek and I'm going to glue it on the forehead instead. And, you know, and try yeah. and do this and do whatever. 
you know, we'd all just be kind of like playfully looking down at each other's work and like, oh my God, look, look what he's doing. I can do something better than that. And, you know, and then it was, so like, it, you know, like every day it was just kind of like that. It was like this great, fun camaraderie of just play and, and, and just trying to put out the best work you could and be some, you know, have something fun. I remember like he actually had had, because um, Dave had worked on um, the first Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think they, I think it was a, a face cast of um, not Herman Munster. I was going to say his name, Fred uh, Fred Gwynn. Right. And um, they had uh, they had actually just like run foam in his face cast mold. Oh, right. Okay. So it was just kind of like this, this weird shell of a foam skin. And I remember like I saw that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I like I took it and. I took, I think I cut off like part of one eye and I kind of glued it at this weird angle on, on this actor <laughs> that I had and kind of pulled it to the right, glued that, and then halfway down to the face, pulled it to the left. So that the whole face just kind of like zigzagged. And um, I mean, it was just, it was just doing stuff like that. I was just trying to find something and just make something really cool out of it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so I fun. Don't it was. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think half of it made it in the yeah. movie. But, um, but it was just, it was just like a really cool, just, it was just fun. That, that was the only thing I can think of. It was like one of the better fun times I've had in a trailer. That's so cool. Just grab something and then bring it out. It's like a circus. You're like, yeah, the yeah, kid, yeah, kid yeah, runs in, you just have a different shirt. You know, <laughs> have fun, make something cool, you know. Yeah, that's so neat. And what a fun movie. Bonkers. Yeah, Bonkers. yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of a kind. Man, so I know you went from there, and then you're like, let's see, I tackled Star Trek. What else is pretty big? Um, X Men is pretty big. Maybe I'll take a swing at that. X Men is pretty dang big. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, dude, did you? So, what did you do on X Men? And was it Mystique? Because, wow, it was Mystique. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. I guess this take us. Let's see. Was it then? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? I that was up at Legacy Effects. Um, John Rosengrant um, hired me, and uh, I had worked for Legacy Effects on a couple of commercials, and you know, and, and was just kind of like starting to get my foot um, into the door with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd actually, I think the first thing I'd worked for them on, they brought me in to help with uh, Twilight. Oh, um, sweet. With the Kristen, Kristen Stewart makeup, um, you know, where she's turning into the vampire. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, um, and that was the first time that we kind of really connected uh, with me and Legacy FX, you know, John Rosengrant. Right. Um, and then after that, it was like, hey, we got this, this X-Men thing. And, you know, um, you know, they had done first class with that whole actor set. Right. Um, you know, at that time, I think Jen was, you know, 18. Um, and, uh, they're like, yeah. And then, you know, the producers, you know, I think that the first class makeup, I think they're like, you know, even gentle us, it was like seven makeup artists, like, you know, like six, seven hours to do the makeup. And, And I think right when we were going into this, she had just, I think, received the nomination for Silver Linings. Oh, um, nice. And they're like, okay, she's not that 18 year old that we can, <laughs> that we can abuse anymore. Right. Um, you know, she's not hungry anymore. So, 
uh, we've got to, you know, we've got to revamp this makeup. And, and um, so that kind of became our job. And, and that was just like the one thing that, so I was set to task by, you know, by John um, to help kind of, you know, redesign that makeup, you know, they were, they were already in, in, you know, had some thoughts on creating like this, you know, just giant one piece, you know, prosthetic um, mm-hmm. suit. Um, and, uh, and so, but it was like trying to find, you know, like the makeup that would work. Um, you know, it was just, I just did tests and tests and tests for, you know, a month, just trying to find the right makeup combination that would work. Sure. Did you, do you and, um, find that like at this point you have a lot of input as far as like the designing process as opposed to coming in and be like, here's the job, do the job. Um, to a point, I mean, you know, especially when you, when you have a show that big, I mean, they've already kind of either the studio is going to come at you with a design that you need to then translate into the actor, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, up at legacy. I mean, they've got a great design team and, you know, um, led by Scott Patton, who I think they had kind of, they had kind of taken, you know, like the Rebecca Romaine yeah. kind of, you know, mystique and kind of pushed it in, you know, massage it into this other direction that, you know, they could make. Cause again, like the, our, our mandate was, was we need to make something that goes on fast, you know, lasts all day and then can come off fast. Right. You know, which is, you know, super tall order. For sure. Um, and, uh, so that's, you know, um, so the, that design, I, I have input in some of it, you know, like, oh, well, you know, we should change this because this might make it a little bit more, you know, uh, actor friendly, or, right. you know, time, time friendly, you know, we can make this happen faster than that. Um, uh, we actually will talk about that, I'm sure, in a little bit um, on another project. But um, Oh, yeah. But, um, but for her, you know, I mean, you know, the, the focus was really just you know, again, making it fast, making it strong. And, and, you know, and I really, I really wanted to make her pretty. Yeah, um, there you go. I mean, cause it, as, as you know, when you see Rebecca Romaine, I mean, she's sexy as hell, Yeah. but, um, you know, there was this iteration where, you know, Jen's a, you know, a very beautiful woman. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, I wanted to maintain that. And, and, you know, we, we, and I think singer at that time was kind of thinking the same thing, just, let's you know not just sexy but pretty right right it's beautiful work how how, how much time did you cut it down to from like six hours and multiple artists we cut it down to it was myself and two other artists uh mike ronilas and uh carolina king mm-hmm. um who, who's from montreal and uh we got her down to about three hours nice there you go yeah. they called the right guy well you know what i mean legacy you know we we all worked really hard at it and made, you know, uh, and, and they, they, it, it was great working with them, you know, or, or working for them, you know, cause they really just, you know, especially on that show was just like, all right, we just have to make this work. And, and they gave me a good playground to make it work. You know, John Rosengren actually brought in <laughs> his daughter and I had actually like just put, just put makeup on her face over and over and over again, you know, oh, for weeks man. trying to find the right, you know, material. Sure. Did you work yeah. on Beast in that movie too? Or was Mystique like your Herculean task? Mystique was, was mine. Um, Scott yeah. Stoddard um, and uh, uh, Mike O'Neill and uh, David Dupuy, they worked on, on Beast. 
Nice, nice. Up to yeah. this point, was Mystique like the biggest undertaking? It was one of the big ones for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Button, you know, was a, it, they're all big undertakings. Right, yeah. you know, it, <laughs> There's just, no easy job. It's just, yeah, it's just variations on a theme, you know. Um, it's, you know, again, it's just, you know, trying to come at it from a different point of view that somebody else has already taken. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, then they liked it enough, apparently, to uh, bring you on for Apocalypse, which, mm-hmm. again, huge, huge things. Like, turning Oscar Isaac into Apocalypse, even when he, like, speaking of your bald cap experience, you know, mm. when he was, like, a human person, you made him bald, and it looked amazing, yes. by the way. That was, um, uh, that actually is one of my most, that's one of my most favorite things that I've done. Really good. <laughs> because it's great. It, you know what? I mean, I got, you know, again, I think just because of the way we approached it. Um, I mean, that was a hard one because he had, um, we were at that point in the filming, I think it was about halfway through filming that, um, that we had to do that scene or, or maybe it was near the end I might have been closer, closer, a little bit closer to the end of, of shooting that film. Mm-hmm. And um, Oscar, because we had talked about doing all kinds of different things, you know, because bald caps are really hard. It's one of the most difficult things I think I feel to do. Really? Proper. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, stuff like Apocalypse or, you know, Mystique, you know, I mean, you, you've got to make them look good. Then, you know, but but when you do something that's real, like like an old age makeup or a bald cap, you know, um, we know what that's supposed to look like. We know what a bald guy looks like. A bald guy is not supposed to have like a big dome head because yeah. he's got all his hair that he's going to hide underneath it. Right. I mean, a bald guy, you know, we as humans can look at that and be less forgiving than looking at a monster or a, you know, a fantasy character. Sure. I because never we don't have that. a, you know, a point of vision for the other stuff. Yeah. But, but for a ball cap, you do. Um, and that was just one thing that, you know, we, I mean, we went the long read on that just so that we could just make it as good as possible. And again, luckily, you know, like Oscar, we had, we had talked to him about like, hey, hey, how do you feel about cutting your hair a little bit so we don't have that much bulk? And he couldn't because um, right after rap on Apocalypse, he was going to go work on The Promise. Right. Which, um, nice. which was like a period movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he needed to have, you know, like kind of some longish hair. But luckily, uh, it being a period movie, he could have a high and tight kind of haircut. So, All right. what, you yeah, know, halfway. again, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I mean, that's like the thing, you know, it, it's, it's not so much trying to like, you know, beat your head against the wall. It's, it's trying to figure out how to use the wall. Right. Um, it's, I love that. So, what we, what we ended up doing was, um, uh, I asked him if he would be okay with partially shaving his head, you know, and basically it was taking the clippers, you know, up, up above his ears and then just kind of going down and around the back of his head that, you know, like in that time from when we did that scene to the end of rap, when he goes on to his next movie, it would grow out a little bit. And that way we kind of think, okay, that's when you can get like a high and tight fade haircut. Sure. That worked for your next movie. And he was, you know, and then that and luckily it all that all worked. It all jived. Everybody believed me, and, <laughs> we went, and that's what we got to do. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of a cheat, but again, it's it's 
It it's worked. not. It's it, it's it's looking at it's looking at your job and seeing you know like what are all of the tools that I have at my disposal. What all, what are all the options, and and it's thinking of those options and and you know asking the questions. You know, it's all the answer is always no unless you ask. So it's I love that. It's 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 doing it's doing that. You know, and, and within that, because like with bald caps. You know, besides trying to hide a bulk underneath the cap, um, you know, the place where they always kind of fail is the back of the head. Right. Because, you, you know, because they just, you know, you, uh, the hair is there. You don't have a place to solidly glue, mm-hmm. you know, and about about an hour or two into it, the actor's body heat kind of warms up the hair. And then all of a sudden you've kind of got like this weird saggy back of the head. that yeah. You know, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, people put a hoodie on or a towel goes around. You know, what I mean, it's just like it's. It's, it's it's this is like the big problem area, right? And, and knowing that, knowing that as as the Achilles heel, you know that's why you know you know I came up with the idea for him to shave his head, which he was willing to do. Um, and then on our test day, it was me and Mike Ranilas. You know the you know we were we were you know we were again something to be nervous about because it's like hey this has got to work yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we went back to the basics, like crazy basics, where, like, our old Bible is the uh, uh, Richard Corson's stage makeup book. Um, oh. from you know, And so there was a way that they show how to, like, using soap, kind of mat down somebody's hair for a bald cap. Oh. Um, so we used, we used that method and that way of parting the hair but we use better materials, you know, like gels, really strong, stiff gels to like really sure. hold, hold down his hair. Um, and then, and we actually, we triple ball capped him, which, you Oh, know, really? Yeah, we did a, uh, I took, you know, like a wig cap, which is like, like spandex, like, like pantyhose. Mm-hmm. And like, we first glued that down on his head. And we actually treated that as real. So, like, we blend the edge down. We use, you know, like a little bit of filler just to try to, like, try and take care of the edge. And then we put a rubber cap down, a rubber ball cap, which is good for strength and compression. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we put a plastic cap down on that we could dissolve the edges beautifully and paint and, you know. Wow. Um, and I will say that that, that again, one of my proudest moments because, I mean, that, that ball cap lasted all day. Really? Um, yeah, and uh, it, it was it was that was pretty cool. I mean, we were both, you know, and that's just one of those moments where you, we just could not help but smile because we were both just really proud of him. Yeah, you um, did it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I mean, it could have went one way or the other, you know. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but but we did do a makeup test. We did it, and it worked great. And then we did it a second time, and you know, worked you know even better. There you go. I love that in a movie like X-Men Apocalypse, where you have Apocalypse, the thing that sticks out is just a convincing bald cap. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Well, the Apocalypse part was pretty cool, too, you know? I mean, that makeup was... That, that's actually a really good example of the studio came to us with a design. And, and um, it's funny because, you know, I've caught a lot of shit over the years for it. Um, sure. You know, because it, you know, because it looks nothing like how any of the comics were drawn. Right. People are crazy. Looks yeah. People just kind of go crazy over the design. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's not, you know, and we've had, you know, I've seen other people, you know, they've done versions of apocalypse, 
um, you know, that, you know, this is what apocalypse should have been, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just like, okay, but you know, yeah, sure. That looks great. You know, right. that looks just, it looks just like the design, but it doesn't look like Oscar. Right. You know, and I've seen some other people do, they did a design and it's like, well, we, Oscar's head cast is under this, you know, we did it, you know, on Oscar, but it's like, okay, but it doesn't look like Oscar. Right. And also it, it those thicknesses probably wouldn't work well as a makeup. You know, he couldn't talk well without getting really kind of, you know, weird and doughy looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it, these are like all the things that, that you really have to consider, you know, for all the naysayers. I mean, right. you know, they're paying, paying however much money for this, for Oscar to be in this movie. And it's just like, and they don't want to lose them. They don't want to bury him in it. Sure. Um, you know, we had we had the same conversation, you know, with the vice president, you know, at Fox, you know, when we did Bug Mama's house, like one of the first makeup tests we did, it looked great as like an old woman, you know, but you didn't see <laughs> didn't see Martin in there at all. So they just like dial it way back and we had to redo it so that you kind of saw Martin. because um, they were paying for Martin and yeah. they wanted the audience, audience to see that. Makes sense. That's something, you know, people yeah, just don't think yeah. about that goes into this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I think you know, uh, at, at a time, you know, the, the, the suspension of disbelief of like, of, oh, yeah, that's 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 who the character is now. You know, that's just what it is. Right. Um, you know, that just kind of happens, you know, if, if, if the rest of us, if all of us do our job. Yeah. I mean, I dug it. I've, I've liked all of that. And I'm also way yeah. into prosthetics and creatures like that's my jam, man. So seeing yeah. it done, was- I'm like, oh, I love it. That was a fun one too. That was one again. Uh, that whole character was done out of uh, Legacy Effects, you know, where we did, you know, we, I was there, um, you know, I got to sculpt that makeup um, and apply it, and uh, uh, you know, and and, and Rosengrant and his, you know, and the um, the computer department, you know, they grew, you know, they they made the the costume, the whole outfit, everything, you know. Yeah, complete with nipples, toes, toes to the top of the head, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That was a movie I was also especially excited for because Nightcrawler is my favorite X-Men. I was like, we get more Nightcrawler. Yes. Yeah. Adrian Moreau does that character. He's really cool. So cool. You know, that's something I never think about, actually, is the taking off the makeup. Because you think so much about the application and the time on, but you're like, oh, yeah, it doesn't just, like, peel off and you're all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... um, yeah, <laughs> oh, man. that that, that you know, sometimes it can be it can be really difficult. I mean, the transfer makeups can be very difficult to get off. Mm-hmm. Um, but also foam latex. Um, if you do, you know, foam latex kind of bulletproof, you might glue it down with um, prosate instead of telesis or you know some other kind of silicone adhesive. Right. And it really just wants to, you know, the prosate wants to really stick to the face, and it wants to stick to the foam. And oh, as you're trying, and you know, and, and as you're trying to use a, a makeup remover to, to remove it, the foam latex itself is like absorbing oh, the makeup yeah. remover. So you, you can sometimes sit there for a long time cleaning up a foam latex makeup. Goodness, do you find yeah. that it's more dangerous to take something off than putting it on because you're like ripping it off of someone's skin? No, I mean, I mean because that's you know because we go slow. I mean, it's um, you know it, it can be. It can be harsh for sure, um, uh, but you know you, we we just take our time. We don't go fast. I mean, a lot of actors want to just like start tearing it off. Yeah. And, and believe me, <laughs> we have to like you know kind of restrain them. 
you know, just because, I mean, that's where they could do damage, you know, is, you know, by just pulling it off, it could, you know, you know, take a layer of skin off or, you know, make it so that the next day it's really sore and then we can't put glue on it. Oh, right. Man, you have to be so, like, cognizant of the future. Something else yeah. I never thought about. Oh, yeah, Cause, all the time. Because it's skin. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and actors, you know, it's their face. So it's like you don't want to... You don't want to have to have a nightmare of the next day on set. Like, you ruin their face because it's going to come up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's no good. So I remember you went from Apocalypse to Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Or was there yes. one in between? It was right after? Yep. yep. Yeah, straight into that. I mean, actually, um, the right after Apocalypse, uh, during Apocalypse, actually, I got the phone call from Legacy to see if I wanted to be involved. and. Oh. Uh, and I, I was like, yeah, of course. So um, the day that I wrapped and flew out of Montreal back to Los Angeles, um, I landed and went straight to a production meeting at uh, Disney. Wow. No yeah. sleep. You just keep on going. Yeah, no, I just keep going. Man. So on Guardians 2, what were, yep. what did you work on on that? On, on Guardians 2... Um, you know, the first Guardians had already laid the groundwork for, you know, all those beautiful makeups. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, again, you know, the the weight for us to bear was to step into those shoes, those big shoes, and, and try and, you know, um, do all of them justice, as, uh, as, as well as, you know, mandate from production that same type of a situation. They wanted to make them, you know, better, stronger, faster. Right. Some of the makeups... Um, uh, I was told took a long time, um, and some of the makeups required, you know, a certain amount of digital touch up that they didn't want to do anymore. Oh, okay. Or at least, or at least try to minimize. Right. Oh man. So did you work on Yondu, Drax, Gamora? Um, Rocket was my, digital. I mean, we redid them all. Um, oh. but, wow. uh, I mean, to a point, yeah. I mean, like, you know, Yondu got resculpted. Um, you know, obviously Mantis was a new character, right. Nebula, right. Nebula re, re sculpted and reworked. Um, and, uh, uh, my focus, um, you know, and Gamora as well. Uh, my focus was Drax. Sweet. Um, yeah. I mean, that was one of my, you know, favorite characters from the movie, from the first film. And, um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to jump into that one. I just figured <laughs> that, that would be, called that was gonna be, yeah, that was going to be a fun makeup. <laughs> Um, and it was, but it was also one of the bigger ones that they really wanted to um, fix. Oh. Um, you know, just, just, just. I, I mean, again, not, not that it was bad, but the the makeup itself was, you know, I think it was twenty four overlapping and connecting silicone prosthetics. Jeez. You know, so you really, at the end of the day, you you basically put like a silicone shirt on David, and you know, I mean, that's going to retain his body heat. It's you know, it, it may not move. Um, you know, I mean, you know, even like the best of foam or silicone like that, you know, might buckle in a place where, you know, it doesn't look desirable. Right. Uh, you don't want to ripple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the thought was to just to go in and, and try and we had to alleviate all of it um, and make it a faster application. Um, you know, except I believe that one took anywhere from three and a half to five hours, oh. uh, as, you know, as I was told. Jeez. And then what did you get it down to? Well, what, what I ended up doing was um, just kind of, when I saw the movie, I thought the movie was a, a prosthetic transfer makeup. 
Um, oh. So, so that's where I went. That's where I took it. I, I kind of just I took the whole thing and flipped the application process to where we actually painted his body first, and then we applied the scars. Um, and the scars were pre-painted. So once they went down, I mean, they were almost all done. We just had to, you know, uh, tie everything together to make it make make it all look homogenous. Smart. Um, and we got it, you know, we got the makeup down for, a, you know, like a four-man team. We got it down to uh, consistently about 70 minutes. Sheesh. Which is a cakewalk for him coming off the Which, first one. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's three hours extra sleep for everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you got to get there first to set up. Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh! Do you? Because yeah. Dave Bautista is covered in tattoos. Is it hard to He's, cover those up? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Actually, you know what? The um, we we tried a few different materials. The first the first film they used um, uh, a makeup supplier called Makeup Online. It's an English company. Oh. And um, that uh, that I mean, it, it's the base makeup was a tattoo cover, so like it was it very much um, covered what it needed to do. It did its job great. Mm -hmm. um, when we uh, got into the second film, um, we, we we did a test and, and, and it it worked well, but it's, it's the, the nature of that particular material has a very high content of um, alcohols, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a tattoo uh, paint. Right. Um, but um, but it also so so it's very aromatic with alcohol, you know. It's, it's you know it can be pretty harsh, and um, so the one thing that you know that I asked the company to do was to actually make their product with with a different grade, like a higher grade of alcohol that was you know more perfume based. Oh, that that way, um, you know, like a perfume based alcohol doesn't have any odor, right? Um, and it's very clean. Um, so uh, they were able to do that for us, which was great. You know, but we also we, we kept trying to find different things. We we, we tried a couple of different um, setting cream makeups and you know another like body paints and um, you know just you know always always trying to you know make it one one little bit better you know for the actor for the removal for the application. I mean you know all of the above. Right. Do you find that it's easier to cover up tattoos when you're in kind of like a, a sci-fi sort of setting where you don't have to match like human skin tone? Um, sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that one, you know, I mean, it was the, the, the makeup product, uh, I mean, just covered it in one coat. It was done. Wow. Uh, was so opaque. Um, and you know, and obviously he's getting changed to kind of like a grayish brown color. So, I mean, that helps a yeah. lot too. <laughs> sure. You know? Kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. 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 I always think about that. Like when I picture like Tom Hardy, cause he's also covered in tattoos, but then right. in a lot of his roles, they're not there anymore. I'm like, man, the process involved in that mm -hmm. and so they're not coming through and like do you find that you have to cover up a lot of tattoos we do these days sure yeah <laughs> you know because i've got a bunch lot. you've got a bunch it's like cra yeah. crazy just another I, part of the trade yeah and, and i mean you know the unfortunate thing is too is it's not so much that it might be like the reason being that it might just be something that may not fit the character but it's legal you know now. a lot of it's legal yeah yeah which is you know kind of weird in a way but um, yeah yeah. Thanks to the hangover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever had to file a release working as an actor. They'd be like, um, listen, you got to, how many tattoos do you have? They're visible? Okay. You need to sign this and sign this. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that that was a thing. Did you not have to get um, releases from the artist as well? 
No, that was like this other kind of like roundabout thing because I was like featured, but not like a on screen where it was shown. It was like in case it is shown. Yeah, and a lot of legal things. You know how it is. Yep. Hmm. So weird, but yeah, I remember the first time that happened. I was like, oh, just one of the millions of things you don't realize goes into it. Sure. Crazy. Sure. But I mean, you know, I mean, but then you know, so evolved the makeup artist. You know. Um, so many of us now, and it's just something that we just kind of do secondhand. You know, sure. there's a lot of great products out there to use, and um, you know, usually can get it done pretty quick. Yeah. So, how did you take off the stuff off of Drex? So removal, um, you know, again, we had to. That was actually one of those um, makeups that took forever to initially take off. We oh. did a the first test we did on him. Uh, with that prosthetic transfer look, you know, you know, we're kind of taking our time. We're finding the path and everything. And I think it might have took us an hour and a half to two hours to put on. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up taking us about two hours to take off. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Is was so you not it or? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, cause it, because as you're doing it, the the prosthetic transfers, get destroyed. they get destroyed anyway as they're coming off. Oh, gotcha. Um, it's just... You know, you've got to take them, you know, the makeup remover with on a powder puff or something like that and just kind of slowly you just kind of rub it and get it off, you know, um, to remove it from the skin, so to speak. And then uh, but it's prosthetic transfers, especially on him that day, they just stuck. Oh, no. It, it was just not coming up. It was not a happy situation oh, for no. anybody. I mean, we were all not happy because we were just sitting there for two hours rubbing on this guy. Yeah. He's not happy because four guys are rubbing on him and, you know, trying, <laughs> trying to, you know, and, it's, and, you know, your skin's getting more tender and more tender as you go along. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, that's just kind of the, the stuff you learn. And then you, from there you start figuring out, okay, we obviously made the makeup work really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do we break it now? You know, how do we break it? You know, so then you start playing with um, different skin barriers. We put this down first to see how that works. And then, and actually, um, uh, at the end of the day, it, it it came to us that it's like, okay, look, we can't do this two-hour makeup removal at the end of the day. Yep, yep. Especially um, long days. Yeah. And uh, so I just, you know... Uh, one day, I don't even know how or why, but I just kind of thought like, all right, how can I break this, you know? Um, and um, and I just thought, you know, like, what's our worst enemy? You know, a prosthetic makeup, one of our worst enemies is body heat. Heat. Oh, you know, right. Being under lights and having an actress sweat, you know, the makeup sometimes just wants to lift and, you know, lift off or, you know, the edges, you know, break down or, or whatever it is. So Sure. So using that thought, I thought I... I came up with the idea of, you know, just raising the actor's body temperature. And, you know, best best way I thought was to uh, stick him in a sauna. Oh. So um, we did a couple of tests and was able to talk production into buying, getting a couple of, you know, full-size saunas. There um, you go. For him and the stuntman. And we would, you know, we would, uh, you know, put some makeup remover on day, put some shaving cream on him to help kind of break down some of the color. And he would go in and be in there for about 15, 20 minutes before we got there. So it was just his body temperature was just up and he was sweating. Yeah. And um, and we could just go in with towels, wet towels, and just it was just it would just slough off. Oh, wow. 
So we would sometimes get, we sometimes get them clean in about 30 minutes. There you go. Modern yeah. problems call for modern solutions. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and again, it was like, you know, kind of flipping the switch. It's just like looking at something backwards and different and, you know, how can we make this work? Yeah. Do you find that your job, apart from, like, the technique and the process and the art of it all, there's another side of it that's, like, problem solving? It, I mean, it, it all is. Yeah. You know, quite frankly, I mean, you know, even when it comes down to coloring, you know, it's just like trying to figure out, okay, how can I best layer these colors down? You know, at what translucency level, at what, you know, what materials? I mean, it's it's all problem solving, um, you know, and, 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 and we, you know, and it changes every day. You know, even if we do is makeup one day one way, you know, you know, women might just sitting there, you know, afterwards thinking like, you know what, if I do that bit before you do yours, then maybe we can shave two minutes off. Right. You know, and so, or how about if we, you know, change this material or if we're putting this, you know, makeup re uh, release kind of on his skin ahead of time so that it can come off easier at the end of the day, what if we just put it heavy in these areas, but not in these areas, you know, because these are high movement, these are not, you know, these are not high movement, um, and, uh, you know, that way they'll last longer. So it's, you know, again, it's it's every day looking at it. It's a problem every day, and, and you just got to, you know, solve every portion of it right and i also totally forgot about stunt doubles because they got to get it too absolutely oh man yeah oh yeah you totally know, so. slipped my mind yeah <laughs> are you do you get nervous with stunts because you're like they're gonna rip it off oh no oh no no because we just know it, it it's just because it's gonna happen yeah <laughs> we just have to be ready to you know repair and repaint and you know get them back out there as fast as possible yeah yeah I just imagine you're spending all this time and it's like, oh, there it goes. There yeah. it goes. But I mean, a lot of it, too, though, is that like, you know, I mean, the reality of the situation is, is that, yes, you spend all that time. And when he walks out of the trailer, he looks, you know, great. Right. <laughs> especially especially for a stuntman, though. You know, it, I mean, if he's going to be in a harness, you know, that's already going to be kind of like something that they're going to digitally fix. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and if he's in this harness, what is he doing? Oh, he's getting ratcheted. So he's going to be flying through screen, you know, you, and we're going to see him, see him as a blur. Right. Um, so, you know, so sometimes, you know, in, in all honesty, there might be an area. It's like, you know what? Paint it gray. We'll never know that, you know, in that quick instant of him flying through frame, we won't see that there aren't any scars there. Right. You got a little more leeway. Yeah, you know, just as long as there's not pink skin showing, we're good. Sure, sure. That's actually pretty genius. I know. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, the reality of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm sure. And, and you, you know, it's not like it's not like we can sit there and, you know, pull out, you know, 20 minutes of, you know, reapplication of something, um, you know, for that particular shot, um, you know, with 200 crew members standing around waiting. Oh, yeah. You do not want to be that guy. No, no. So you really kind of—it's—it's it's reading the room and, and seeing, you know, what's going to work best. Sure, sure. So then you went from correct me if I'm wrong, Guardians to into Infinity War. Um, or was there one see. in between? I really yeah. should have a list. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. That's a good question. Uh, there was actually Dark Phoenix was in there for oh, a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, and then. And then, yeah, then I think Infinity War right after that. I'll be honest, really like Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I've not seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty awesome. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's one of those that even like the 
every now and then like visual effects will stick out in a movie because we're yeah. so like used to it now. But then it'll come out and be like, oh, and just yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Did. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, you good. did it. Well done. You get my stake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, we just had a small part. We you know we made people blue. Sure. Which you know harder than it looks sometimes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, you know. And then, yeah, Infinity War, my personal favorite superhero movie of all time. Yeah, Just, it, it's mine as well. Uh, it's so good. Like, the the fact that they're even able to accomplish something like that, like 19 movies leading up to this one and then killed it, it's like, wow. Yeah. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Yeah. So how did you turn people to dust? <laughs> um, well, you know what? That was all digital effects. Yeah. So I, <laughs> luckily, we didn't have anything to do with that because that would have been a nightmare. Yeah. But, um I mean, our focus there on, on Infinity War, again, was dealing with the Guardians. You know, Sweet. Came, came into the whole picture on that one. And then um, we also, uh, uh, you know, we made little Gamora. Um, you cool. know, when Thanos goes to Gamora's home planet of Zerobahai. Zerobahai. There you go. I'll give it to you. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and then and actually we needed to um, populate that planet. So we, you know, we had to come up with about 60 to 65 different characters. Oh, right. Um, you know, that were all green and, you know, had, you know, everybody had, you know, was original kind of looking with great hairstyles. And, um, you know, and that was, that was fun for us to do. You know, we got to do that. Um, I kind of I ran that, uh, you know, as, as, you know, part of the legacy team. Yeah. So then how did you make Drax invisible? The, that one was uh, <laughs> a lot of fin fin. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was an answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. And then Infinity War after that was Captain Marvel. Right. Which is another great, great movie. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. That was fun. You did know, you, it, was, it, was, it was for us, it was fun just to, to attack the scrolls, I think, because even throughout all these Marvel movies, um, you know, I, I'm not a huge comic book person, but I know that a lot of friends that are, and they kept like, you know, talking about the scrolls, talking yeah. about the scrolls. And I'm like, I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> but um, so it was nice to actually kind of, you know, to be able to create. It was cool that like the villain in this, you know, in this movie was going to be, you know, a full makeup. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, so that was, you know, that's fun because you, you know, we don't necessarily get to do that all the time that much anymore. Sure, sure. And with a legend like Ben Mendelsohn, I mean, come on. And yeah, with with the I mean, you know, Ben was great. I mean, he was very patient. You know, again, nobody. <laughs> I think I don't think anybody likes the process of the makeup going on them. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that once they get in, you know, then you know, it's like looking in the mirror, and then it's like, ah, there it is. Yeah, you know, that's like now surreal. that's that's Talos. That's the character. That's who it is. I, you know that part of me has disappeared and you know, the human part. And now this is me. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that's, that's fun, you know, and, and Ben obviously had a lot of fun with them, you know, with the character. Yeah. I can imagine. Do you find having done like big mama's house, having done apocalypse and now doing Captain Marvel with Ben Mendelsohn, you mentioned that like, you still want to keep some of the actor there, right? Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you yeah. find that that is hard to do? Like, do you have to constantly scale up and then scale back to till you find that sweet spot? Yeah, I I, I find that's important, and and sometimes we get dictated by the product, but uh, the production studio <clears throat> to, that that's important to them. Yeah, um, you know, we we actually did like a really successful makeup test for um, Talos early on, 
but it was too thick in places. So oh. it, it moved a little weird. Um, and, and you know what, in, in, in going back in and like really thinning the sculpture down, we were able to, I think, kind of capture a little bit more of Ben um, in keeping the prosthetics thinner. That makes sense. Because I was wondering, it's like, it's like such a fine line that you have to walk where you can still yeah. see them, but then have it be, and yeah, I don't, I didn't, I rarely think about the idea that like when you get these prosthetics and stuff, they still have to be able to emote and talk and like with yeah. too much, it's going to look like a cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, like they can't move their lip properly or like they move their lips so much that it actually like pops off their lip. I mean, so there, there's a lot of technical aspects to a makeup mm-hmm. um, that have to be satisfied as well as the artistic side, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. Did you guys work on the old lady? We did. Yeah, oh. yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, you know, we did that on uh, Heidi Moneymaker. And obviously, yeah. I mean, she's a little firecracker. Legend. And uh, yes, yeah, yeah, her and her sister. Um, yep. I've got to work with them both. So oh, cool. Um, you got the full set. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 both are amazing. And um, Heidi was great. You know, and it was it was fun. You know, seeing. You know, at one point. I think they were just kind of messing around and she just started doing backflips and stuff. <laughs> as right. an old lady? As an old lady, you know, <laughs> with like the old lady dress on and, you know, pads and underwear and all. Yeah. I love that you have like these memories in your head of like Drax sitting in a sauna, old lady doing backflips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like crazy visuals. <laughs> well, it is. You know, there's a lot of times we're sitting there, we're just like, you know, me and somebody, you know, we'll just look at each other and just go like, my God, this is our job. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it was good and bad in it all, but um, you know, but it's just like nobody would believe it. <laughs> I know, I know, man. If only you had like a photographic memory, you could just like, like yeah. print it out. Yeah, yeah, It'd be so funny. And then from there, did you do another superhero movie, or did you go um, into the Mandalorian? Was, actually, uh, after that was Endgame. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, the culmination. <laughs> Were you in the Guardians yeah. team for that? Uh, for the Guardian scene for that, and then, you know, like, with the whole, you know, like, at the end sequence, where you know, all the Ravages come back, and... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we just kind of, you know, reprised all of those roles again. That's so awesome. That's that's another one that, like, end game, the pressure involved in everyone involved to end it on a note to where they're all coming back in, like, this massive shot, and just... Oh, yeah. Movie history, really. Yeah. Just to take on yeah, something like that. It's pretty cool. Bonkers. Hey, you got attached to a good team. Yeah, for sure. You know? <laughs> you know? And then Lucky. there's another Guardians coming. Just saying. <clears throat> um, I'm sure there will be. <clears throat> <laughs> and then from there. We'll to, and, and just to place this uh, this um, podcast in time, I guess we'll have to see how the COVID treats us. That's true. Uh, That's true. <laughs> yeah. Although we could be sitting on this like amazing powder cake that like we're just ramping up like okay okay as soon as we get the go it is on yeah i guess you know hopefully i mean you know although like for you know since i mean end of since beginning of march really i mean hollywood's kind of shut down yeah so everything's getting delayed um Mm -hmm. and at a point i mean you know I, i mean the way that especially celebrities schedules are Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, people are like they're Tetris in from project to project to project you True. Know, to to a little bit of downtime to a project to a downtime to a project to whatever they're doing. And, um, you know, if these delays, you know, could 
could make some projects not happen, I think. Oh, yeah, good point. Because you know? if somebody, you know, if Chris Hemsworth is meant to do something starting, you know, March 1st, then that's what he's got to be doing. Right. And then if it gets pushed, there's that other commitment that yeah. he can still keep. So then that one gets kind of, yeah, you're right. So, Ooh. you know, we'll have to, yeah, we'll really have to kind of see how this, this whole thing is going to affect us. Bonkers. It's been so strange. Yeah. yeah. I got a I got an email from my agent recently, and he was like, "Hey, they're doing an open call now, virtually for NCIS LA." I was like, "What?" Like, yeah, they're just they're just gathering people in the meantime. I was like, "All right," but, huh? Strange times. Yeah. Strange yeah. times. So, Endgame, you like topped off Marvel. So well done. Yes. You won the race. Yes. Killed it. So yeah. then you needed to climb another mountain, being the Mandalorian. In them, yes, joining the Star Wars universe, dude. I mean, that's like that's the peak of the mountain. Yeah, you know, it really is. Um, uh, you know, for for myself as well. I mean, it. You know, especially when none of those projects happen here. Right. You know, they, they always happen in in England. So. Yep. You know, it, when when that got brought up. Um, you know, I was, I was at Legacy Effects. I, I think we were just finishing up a project, you know, kind of work. I think we were working, you know, near the end of uh, Captain Marvel mm-hmm. even. And um, it was, you know, he asked, you know, he was saying that they were going to have some prosthetic makeups on this TV show. Sweet. And if I'd want to go and, you know, you know, take them to set. And, and I just said, you know what, can you get me a meeting? Because I want to I want to go in and department head the whole thing. I want everything. You know? There you go. Get it. And and so he got me the meeting, um, went in there. And, um, yeah, a guy, you know, Colin Wilson decided to give me a chance. Um, they hired me and, uh, you know, we just wrapped season two. Um, yeah, and, congrats. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it, it's it, it, it's fun. It's fun. You know, it's, it's fun and, and difficult at the same time. Oh, I bet. Um, and, you know, not not only do we have to try and keep up with the Star Wars standards or the Star Wars iconic look for things, you know, that don't cross the line between Star Wars, Star Trek, Farscape, you know. Right. <laughs> it's such a yeah. fine line. Doctor Who. I mean, everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, because every, every, every kind of show, I mean, it has like a look. Um, sure. So it's keeping within that, and you know, keeping things keeping things on like a TV budget, a TV schedule. Uh, um, you know, it is not um, is not easy. Yeah, I, I've heard that as well. Like the TV schedule, you just there's such a quick turnaround that you have to do it, and it's like, did you find that you had less time to kind of workshop designs doing Star Wars than you did like, say, Endgame? Absolutely. I mean, we had Ooh. almost no time. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were. Well, especially if we were doing something in-house, you know, as the makeup department, um, you know, Legacy VFX, you know, they created some makeups, you know, obviously they created Mithril, um, you know, and which was which was a lot of fun. And, you know, so they had they got a little bit more time because I think that that started during the pre-production phase. But also, like, once you start rolling and you're shooting episode one, you know, you're making stuff for episode two, three or four or five or six, or whatever it's going to be. Sure. You know, um, if they've, you know, they had it planned out pretty far in advance with some of the bigger characters legacy got to do, you know, as, as they went along, but you know, something might come up, you know, we're just kind of like, Hey, we need, you know, be really cool in this one. If we had like two extra aliens, 
you know, but, uh, you know, what can you come up with? It's oh, kind that's of a cool. Thing. So then, yeah, we would literally maybe have, you know, three days, four days, or, you know, maybe a week and a half to try and, you know, create something. Um, uh, so, yeah, challenging. That's pretty good, though. You got to have some creative input into a Star Wars alien. I mean, yes. how many yeah, people can yeah. say that? I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, a lot of people, I think. But now I can, <laughs> I can, join, I can join their ranks. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love that you, like, Star Wars, obviously like I said, the peak of the mountain and you went in like, no, 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 I'm going to run the ship. I, you know what? I mean, it was, I think it was kind of time for me to, to do that as well. And, you know, in my career. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. So did you find that if you're doing like a Gamora scene with her entire family, you've got all these creatures, all these things, did that prepare you for star Wars? Um, cause I feel like you could I think it might, but then you go into the yeah, ring. Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's. I'm sure there's an old adage there somewhere, but it's just like your your fight. You know, like stepping into the ring, your your fight is really a culmination of all of your practice, all of your training, and all of the fights before it. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think, um, you know, again, that whole um, preparation and opportunity. Uh, I think that's just, you know, Mandalorian has been kind of one of the culminations of my career is that, you know, it, it's it's all of the the knowledge or the experience of myself or the people that I bring in, you know, my, my teams, that, you know, that that was what made it possible for us to really do. Yeah. And you killed it. I was a massive, massive fan was a, of all your it things. It was a fun one. It was a fun one. I bet. I mean, it's, it's great to, to see now, you know, I mean, um, to see it all done. Yeah. So how many aliens, creatures did you do on that one? Like, as far as designing and coming together, like, do you got any babies in that one? Um, Being ahead season, of it all, I mean. Whew. In the, yeah, in the, <laughs> well, I mean, in season one, I mean, yeah, there were a few, um, like in the, uh, in the in the big bounty hunter bar scenes in season Ooh, one, you know, yeah. where, you know, like, when he, he goes in and talks to, you know, Carl Weathers, you know, it's like all those bounty hunters, you know, a lot of them were just stuff that we just made up, you know. I, I mean, my um, uh, my key makeup on that is Alexi Dimitriou. He's got a um, temporary tattoo company called Hookup Tattoos. Oh, sweet. And um, so we'd just be like, you know, hey, let's do this, you know. And, you know, maybe this person should have like a really cool tattoo on their face or on their body or, or something. Yeah. So he could design and, and, and make them. Um, you know, we had a great, you know, Maria Sandoval was the uh, hair department head and you know, um, and uh, it was really just kind of good playtime for everybody. You know, she would just kind of put together ideas and designs, you know, we'd just get them approved through, you know, Fabro and Filoni. Love it. You know, that they felt like it was Star Wars enough. And then, you know, um, so all of them, I mean, there was, you know, I mean, you know while I was telling you the story, it was, I was just thinking about like the lady in red. Yeah. Um, so you know, cool. yeah, you know, and it's just kind of like, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, it was kind of like, well, let's do this. And we, you know, we, we came up with all these different kind of random looking tattoo designs and that Carlton Coleman applied that makeup and he just kind of grabbed some things and he did a beauty makeup on her and, and embellished it with some tattoos and they took her over and then they did this whole hair thing on her. And, you know, now she's kind of like, you know, I hear she's kind of like, I've been an iconic character in the trailers. Good. Um, like chat rooms are about her, but um, uh, trying to figure out who she is, you know, and it was kind of just something that we came up with. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's there's quite a few in there. You know, like there's a bunch of the bounty hunters that, you know, we knew that was coming up. And I think we had a week where we were just all in the trailer, just kind of like with scissors and sheet foam. Yeah. Just kind of like <laughs> literally just like trimming out different shapes that we thought we could like put a ball cap on somebody, glue the shape on, pull another ball cap over them to create a skin and then paint it. Yeah. You know, just to kind of create like a cool, you know, alien head shape. So, um, I mean, that's what we did. That's so cool. It's like your cabin in the woods days. But just... Like the cabin in the woods days. Yeah, just trying to have fun. Yeah. It's so interesting that like, yeah, like you said, there's something about Star Wars that you can just see it and you know it. Like it's, yeah. it's a woman with a tattoo on her face and a badass hairdo in the, in the red and you're like, oh, sweet. But it's Star Wars. Like you can't, I can't explain it. I don't know what it is about it that's Star Wars, but it is. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty neat. And your fingerprints are on it. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not well, bad. You know, um, well, I mean, you know, we had again, we had you know, Fabro and Dave Filoni, who's really kind of like the walking encyclopedia oh, yeah. of Star Wars. Um, you know, everything kind of had to you know flow through him just to kind of like make sure that like yes, that that felt you know that was Star Wars. Um, sure. You know, um, his barometer was pretty narrow. Uh, <laughs> I so, bet. So you know, yeah. So in. A lot of the creatures and aliens that are like in the movies and in the stuff shot in the UK, a lot of it is like heads, like mechanized yes. animatronics. Did you find yep. the same was for Mandalorian, or were there a lot of prosthetics as well? Um, no, we get for the you know as the makeup team, we got to do a lot of that. Um, I mean, Team Legacy. I mean, they made a, you know did a couple of characters, and then um, uh, yeah, there was use of old assets from some of the past shows, past films right. as well. So, um, you know, it's just kind of that, that, that helps, you know, you know, start to ground it even further. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I remember there was like a Rodian, like the Greedo. Yeah. He was yeah. in there. There's a you few know. other ones. And, you know, and if you, if you can do some stuff like that, just a little bit of it, you know, um, which kind of harkens us, you know, back to our memory banks, then, you know, then the rest of it kind of fills in the gaps. Yeah, that's true. It's like when you hear the specific note, it just registers, and you're like, oh, it's yeah. this. Yes. Okay, okay. I know you had a hand in one of my favorite creatures of all time, which yeah. was Horatio Sands' guy. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Is that So did you have to workshop that design, or were you just like, fish guy, here we go? You know what? That was a design that was done um, – uh, through Legacy Effects, Scott Sweet. Patton, you know, the design team and, and John Rosengren. Thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and it, um, you know, from there, uh, I did like one of the initial sculptures. Um, I think Glenn Hans took it over at a point and it became more of what it is right now. And then, um, you know, and then from there, like, you know, then it was, you know, my job to try and you know, break it down and figure out, okay, how are we going to cut it apart to make it prosthetics? You know, what's the paint scheme going to be? What's it, you know, uh, how are we going to layer in these colors and, and all the design patterns? Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he did have like little details as well, like oh, yeah, lots of details. Heads. Yeah, yeah, forgot yeah. That. Pretty good. And on the pilot, too, like you're so, so many series are judged by their pilot. And the Mandalorian yeah. has one of the best pilots ever. I'm a little biased, but just <laughs> something about it. Something about it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is pretty cool. So when you're doing, like, now that I'm thinking about it, so the pilot had that, like, squid face, and he gets grabbed by, like, the tentacles and smashed into the bar. Right. 
Did you work on that squid head? You know what? Um, that was all digital in that. In that. No uh, way. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Man, it, they're getting pretty good over there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Not bad. I, I, I do like though too. Like even like even you know the taste. You know, like that whole episode, that whole scene actually, yeah. which is really really smart because it just it sets the tone for the whole show. You know, as far as even you know the lines of you know like you know what is it warm or cold? You yeah, and and just the way that you know that guy tries to shoot him and he like you know he uh, lassos him and pulls him through as the doors are closing. I mean, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. So, which application in the Mandalorian took the longest? Um, let's see. Horatio's, I think, took the longest in the beginning. I mean, I mean, part of my part of my world is, you know, I mean, everything usually takes about three hours or so the first time, right? And then you just try and get it down from that. Um, I think we were able to get his down to about an hour and a half. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, you know, after that, I mean, yeah, and I don't think we 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 try not to keep makeups too long. <laughs> you know, I just I just don't be- believe that you know that's our place anymore. I think you know. You know, there are ways for us to do a faster makeup and it'd be just as good. Um, so um, I think that's part of our responsibility. That makes sense. Also makes sense why you've had such a long career. Because like it's like you understand that sort of thing and you kind of take it on. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we're, we're, we're just a small part of this, you know, whatever goes into making this movie. Right. Uh, or a TV show, you know. And, and um you know, I mean, very few times I think in our in, you know, in filmic history it has has the makeup really been the star, mm-hmm. um, which you might have a little bit more leeway then. But but even then, you know, you this is something that you're doing to an actor, right? That has to then go work for twelve hours after that, yeah. Get get cleaned up at the end of the day and do it all again tomorrow. So you know, it only behooves us to make it as enjoyable as possible, as fast as possible, as you know, as, as more as as comfortable as possible, as safe as possible. You're kind of like a NASCAR pit crew. I mean, we really are sometimes. Yeah. Should see if we have to fix something. Yeah. It yeah. <laughs> they just call you in. Go, go, go! You. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, when you look back on like this massive career of amazing things that you've done so far, do you have like are there any that stick out as like some of your favorite gigs that you've done? Because like the bald cap is the champion because you can't get above that but if you had to pick another one because you have so many to choose from like how would you even yeah it's that's really hard i mean you know because there's a lot of them too that you know you get really proud you know that i'm very proud that i worked on you know or proud to be a big part of yeah uh, um you know mandalorian being one of them you know guardians 2 being one you know it's kind of uh, again i think i'm pretty fortunate that <laughs> i think i have a lot to be able to choose from yeah um you know it's but it's been it's been a long fun career it's been a lot are there any that stick out as far as like some of the biggest challenges that you've overcome like it's like when i think of a job like this one this one took a while to figure out um i mean there was like one of the harder jobs uh was for the film ali right um and uh yeah that was again it's like a weird little thing but you know uh will smith plays muhammad ali right and you know 
Will's ears stick out a little bit. Tiny, and tiny little Muhammad's, bit. Yeah, Muhammad's did not. Right. So, you know, it was, you know, we had to try and pin them back a little bit. And sometimes, you know, people's ears are soft enough that you can just, you know, gl- put glue behind their ear and just kind of stick their ear down. And it kind of looks like, like it needs to. Right. And, um, but not Will's. I mean, the, the, the <laughs> artilage in his ears were so strong. It just, it just kept holding off every glue. We tried, you know, all different versions of glue we had here. We tried them, some glues from England. We tried, I mean, it was amazing. Oh, no. just, you can't keep them down, the, Brian. No, no. <laughs> At the end of the day, we did, we did have like this whole double series of two prosthetics and using two different kinds of glues. It ended up working, but oh, um, man. Yeah, not easy at all. That is hilarious. One of the hardest jobs you ever did was keeping Will Smith's ears back. Yeah. <laughs> In something yeah. nobody would even know you did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Man. That's, I love stuff like that when there's this other layer of like the magic going on behind it. Like, wow. Of, of all the things, you've done scrolls, you've done superheroes, you've done Star Wars. But Muhammad Ali is like, oh, yeah, yes. you want to talk about a job, this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Do you find that there's, like, a kit of, like, essentials that, like, if makeup artists that are coming up now, like, you should have, like, here's your first aid kit of trying to do what you do. Right, right. I, I mean, you know what, I, I think, I mean, there are, um, you, you know, there's like, you know, obviously there's brushes and different application tools that you can play with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think these days learning and knowing how to use an airbrush properly um, is going right. to be very beneficial. Um, as far as the materials, it really just depends upon, you know, is that, you I mean, all, all of it? Um, yeah. You really need to be able, be versed almost in everything to be able to just, or as much as possible so that you can go, oh, okay. You know, and I, I know that there I have these 20 different things that I could use, but you know what? This one would work best for that. Sure. And this one would work best for that. You know, so it, it's really, it's, it's having that experience in, in your bag of tricks to pull out exactly what you need when you need it. That makes sense. And like, you kind of have to be multiversed to keep up. You do. You really do. And, and I mean, there was... For a while, that you know, all the materials were changing so fast, and, and you know, and, and and you and you did have to keep up. So it, it's just a matter of uh, of, of you got to make that your job. I mean, you know, whether you know you're researching it or um, you know actually going to the store and buying it and playing with it. Sure, sure. Thinking back on it, is there something that you've learned on the job versus something that like you were taught? Like, a lot of times it's like, I, I learned the basics, I went to school, but when I got on set, here's what I really learned. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, you know I, I, well, there's two things, you know, that I, I think are, there's a couple of things that I think are almost useless in our industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of them being spirit gum. Um, <laughs> and I know that a lot of people still do it, and I still catch crap for saying this, but, I mean, there are so many other more viable glues yeah you know adhesives to, to glue stuff to steep people's face oh yeah um yeah. you know or, or even nose putty like why do you why does why does anybody sell nose putty anymore <laughs> um you know they're again you know it, it's so quick to make a, a prosthetic these days um and uh you could just do that or if you even if you needed something like quick like you know third degree i mean that you know there, there's just 
you know, materials have come out that supersede what what has been there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, other than, you know, nostalgic reasons, nobody drives a Model T anymore. True. Uh, so. It's like, keep up with the times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spirit gum. I'm with you there. I remember I I had a, a go- fake goatee on one time, and it was held on by Spirit gum. And some guy mm-hmm. was like, hey, listen, Prozade, come on. Like, yeah. What are we doing? And I was like, yeah. Good point, sir. Good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just got to move with it. What What is something like a misconception about your job that you find that most people, like I've learned a ton, but that most people don't necessarily think about your job? Um, I think that I think that people think it's easy, right? Um, like, oh, it's makeup. I think that <laughs> yeah, it's just it's makeup, or it's just whatever, or it might just you know. Um, you know, and there are, you know, reality TV shows that don't help, um, right. you know, which, which are, you know, which which aren't necessarily, you know, they're very well edited. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I literally have gone into a meeting and, and um, you know, gave somebody, you know, a producer a budget and a schedule. And they're like, well, I just saw this on TV last night and someone did it overnight. Ooh. And it's like, well, I don't think they did. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what you want then you can have that quality then great you you should find that person because i'm just i've got other things to do right um and it really it really went that way you know and and they're just like well are you sure you can't change them no (laughs) (laughs) they know exactly what it takes right you're like you watched an edit i'm telling you right now (laughs) that's a lot yes oh man where do you find a lot of people like that are just starting? Where do you find that a lot of people go wrong? Um, I think a lot of people think they're better than they are. Ooh, um, good point. I, I think especially for a lot of students who come out of a makeup school, um, uh, very few makeup schools, I think, will be completely honest. Um, right. I think, you know, because if they're honest and hurt somebody's feelings, then they may not sign back up for class two. Good point. Um, so, you know, I think, I think, and again, it's my only, only my opinion, yeah, yeah, but I, I think, I think there are a lot of schools out there that just, you know, they just pat people on the head and like, Oh my God, you're so great. You're amazing. You know, and it's the same thing. Aunt Harriet told me too. Oh, I'm so yeah. good. Go to Hollywood now. You're right. You're um, right. And I think that it's, and, and it, I mean, it's unfortunate, you know, because you've just spent thousands of dollars of your mom's dad's hard work, you know, yeah, you're right. hard-earned money. And, you know, and, and they don't necessarily come out with all of the skills and experience that they needed to um, or, you know, the, you know, or the knowledge of, you know, materials and techniques. You know, I mean, I would talk to, you know, some of these makeup schools and I'd be like, why are you still teaching that? You know, <laughs> why aren't you teaching silicone prosthetics? Oh, it, t- it costs too much. It's just like, you know, well, oh, boy. It, yeah, but that's that's what's being used now. Right. You just no, walk in and I mean, knock over a table of spirit gum. What is this? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's usually the people I have the I have the arguments that spirit yeah. gum knows plenty about the, the making schools. But yeah. um, but it's you, you know it. I, I think that that's it. I think that a lot of people. I think like one of the best things that you can be taught is to to have a good self edit, um, to to be self critical and to to be realistic about it. I think that's you know? great. And, and and or not be happy. You know, I mean, that's why, like, 
you know, doing Drax's makeup, you know, every day after we did the makeup, we'll be like, ah, you know, okay, we did it in 70 minutes. It's like, what do you think we could do to get it to 68 minutes? Yeah. You know, and, and it's, so it's, it's being, it's being self-critical and, and, and whether it's, I just got to move faster or, you know, you do this then and I do this then, or, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, there's always a way to be better. And if you, if you don't think that you have to, that's going to be your biggest downfall, I think. I think you're right. I kind of call that like the uh, the American Idol principle because there'll yeah. be people that will go on there and they're not very good. And I'm like, oh man, why did your friends and family around you not, why yeah. did they let you go up on TV in front of millions of people and <laughs> suck, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it only hurts you in the in the long run. Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. Is there something that you've always wanted to do but haven't yet? Um, you know what? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess we'll figure that out in the next picture. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One day you'll be working on a werewolf and be like, this is what I've always waited for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, what, the, what the next project holds. I mean, everything is a puzzle, you know, when you get it. Right. And it's just trying to figure out, you know, the best way to approach it. It like gives its own kind of joy because they're so different. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Is there a key to aging someone? Because you've done it a lot. You've done it very well. And I feel like a lot of people can go wrong very easily. I, I mean, I don't know if there's necessarily a key. I mean, a lot of that just takes a lot of, you know, again, it's technical and artistic. You know, it, it's trying to think about, you know, what gravity is going to do to somebody's face. It's going to, you know, and again, at the end of it, still look like them. Right. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of times, you know, where you can go, you know, and, I mean, as, 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 as fun and good as the makeup was for the time, when you look at Dustin Hoffman and, and uh, Little Big Man. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you lose a lot of him. You That's know, true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't, I mean, other than the nose, which kind of still harkens back to Dustin Hoffman, there's, there's a lot that, you know, if, if somebody were to redo that makeup today, they'd probably put it totally different. Sure. Yeah. That makes, yeah. If you got to squint real hard. You, yeah. you kind of lost it a little bit. You're like, what happened to him in those 30 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. So when you're when you're hiring makeup artists, stuff like that, what are you looking for? I mean, I think what I'm mostly looking for is somebody who who I think will work well as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, work well on a team. Um, obviously, I, I want somebody who's got some talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, but I have found in the past that the most talented might be a difficult person. Yeah. Um, might be someone who doesn't play nice with others. And, um, I mean, I just don't need that distraction. Um, I'd rather be around a bunch of people that I'm happy to be with for four months every day. Yeah, for long um, hours. <laughs> yeah, for long hours. Because at the end of it, you know, we can we can always help each other grow to where we want to we want to make up to be or grow to, you know, uh, up our game or our skills. Um, you know, but, you know, trying to change some, you, you can change those things, but changing somebody's personalities is, is completely different. Yeah, that's a good point. It's important. Again, that's you forward thinking again. You're like, they can do a really good prosthetic, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. be spending a lot of time with them. And if they're a dick, I don't want to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, just like that. Can you believe we've been talking for over two hours? Wink, oh. wink. Over two hours. I know. <laughs> Look at that, Brian. We did it. 
Yeah, awesome. We're, we're in the lower end of the Joe Rogan territory. Yeah, all not, right. Not Let's bad. That. Yeah. <laughs> be the next one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll put you on the docket. But, dude, this was super fun. Thank you so much for hanging out. Before yeah, cool. I let you well, go, you. though, I got to ask you, where can people find you online? You can find me online um, on Instagram, uh, Brian's site makeup. Love it. Um, on, uh, or you can just go to my website, brianshype.com, um, or gotflesh.com, gametstudios.com. One of those things you'll, you'll find me. Um, and even there, I mean, you can, my phone number's there, my email's there. You guys can, uh, you know, if anybody's got any questions, um, you know, I get a lot of people, you know, asking me, what do I do? Or, you know, they'll send me pictures of their work and like, hey, what do you think of this? Um, you know, I'm always, always happy to help out and, you know, push somebody in, in, in a good direction. There you go. I love it. And... friends thank you so much for listening to this episode of the interesting podcast if you'd like to follow the show it's at pod of interest on twitter if you'd like to follow me i'm at jedi brian on all social media sites you can also find me at brianbalance.com that's balance with two l's if you enjoyed this episode please share it and tell your friends a good rating or review always helps let them know we've got some cool stuff going on over here speaking of cool stuff we now have merch just search The Interesting Podcast on tpublic.com to get you some sweet gear. Also, I made a Patreon, so if you'd like to support the show and get access to other exclusive shows about a bunch of random things, you can now do that at patreon.com slash jedibrian. On that note, special thanks to Chris, Ben, Jim, Daz, Kelly, Daryl, Logan, Victor, JC, and Christina. Your support means so much to me, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. So until next time, be well.